Add some fun to your space with Extrify, designed in Sweden with focus on quality products built on experience. You're looking at Project 4. They're four generation of products with super cool colorways to stand out, with matching sets to satisfy with a solid B4 bungee, lightweight ergonomic M4 mouse, the K4 keyboard is fantastic, all of which are performance focused, and finish it off with colorful GP4 mouse mats that are bold in design and smooth on the surface. The retro theme in particular has got the feels. Complete your setup with Extrify. No regrets, guaranteed. I'm in the house, and sector clear, but there is the window. Hate this badge. I'll take the fire through the pillar. Whatever. Play with Parry Match. Parry Match. Your esports teammate. Want to change your loadout? Get new skins? Or maybe cash out? Bitskins.com, the best skin site. Just log in with your Steam account, add your dream skins to your cart, and pay with crypto, credit card, or PayPal through our providers. Need some cash? We got you. Just list your skins, enter your desired price, and withdraw instantly with crypto or directly to your Visa credit card. Bitskins.com. Buying and selling skins. Simple, fast, and easy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Counter-Strike fans across the globe, welcome to another installment of HLTV Confirmed. A couple of hiccups here before we kick this one off, but it's Wednesday the 13th of October. Uh, it's episode 58, season 5, and quick shout out to the sponsors, extrafy.com. Check them out if you're in the marketplace for some peripherals. we got parimatch.com, gamble responsibly, uh, Bitskins, buy and sell Cisco skins and items. And remember, you can get the audio-only options of the podcast over at anchor.fm slash HLTV. Uh, it's on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. All right, on tonight's show, uh, recent news, Glavin, Bubski out for the major. Regional major ranking events come to a close. Blast, uh, showdown is live. And, of course, we got the hot seat with Taco. Taco, hello. How are you doing? Where in the world are you joining us from right now? Hello, hello, guys. Thank you for the invite. Uh, my, bodyguard, my bodyguard is actually saying hi for you guys, too. Uh, I'm actually in Mexico. In okay. Monterrey. Now, I want to know, this is the question I have here. I'm going to give you a proper intro once we get to the hot seat. But how is, is your dog's with you in Mexico? You travel around the world with your dog? Uh, actually, that's the first time he travels. That's the first time. Okay. All right. Are you going to take him with you to Europe? Uh, no. No. Oh, I won't. Uh. All, right. All right. Well, we're going to introduce the other boys here, and then we'll get the hot seat underway. All right. So, Lucas, there's a couple of hiccups here. Are we expecting smooth sailing now, or is it fucked? I don't know. I'm having a really bad day today with my luck. All right. I'm stressed out because Lucas is stressed out. Let's just hope there's no fire striker. I'm not. I'm not stressed. I'm stressed. We, no, no. Take a deep <laughs> breath. Everything will be okay, <laughs> Chad. All right. This is so Let ironic. Me stress. Lucas tried to de stress the rest of the people. And it literally, what he does every episode before <laughs> he, he starts, just like up. everything, everything. He's like, whatever. Everything's this, nothing's working. I'm clicking this. I'm clicking that. My mouse isn't working. Oh, it's not connected. Well, this isn't even my mouse. This is a. This, these are headphones. These are like headphones. Like, what the fuck is going on here? This is, that is Lucas before yes. every show. 
All right, all right. Lucas, just stay calm, okay? Stay calm. Keep the rest of us calm. Now, look, we have some really pressing topics here before we kick off the show officially. Striker, you're the most hated man on Reddit today. (laughs) Uh, You're also continuing HLTV confirms vendetta against NIP. How are you holding up? That's kind of crazy, actually. I... I honestly think I honestly thought it would bother me more that like a bunch of people are ready to disagree with me and think I'm an idiot and whatever and just making a big deal out of it out of nothing. I'm actually taking it super well. I'm like super I'm actually surprised by how well I'm taking it because I thought I'd just be tilted at people being stupid, you know. I usually am. I don't know why this isn't any different. Not bothering you. All right. Well, look, really. well we'll check back in about that in the future. We'll see if it gets to you. Now, uh prof, you're our resident boobski pronouncer. Uh, I wanted to know how the day's been for you. You know, how's your heart? Is it heavy today? Uh, rough times. I did tweet one picture. I got 4,000 likes now. What 4, I did not expect likes. this. So the pro boobski, uh, I don't know how to call it. Just the, the movement, the pro boobski movement, the free yep. boobski movement is back like peak levels after today's announcement. And I, I can't say anything more, uh, but. Uh, behind the scenes, we're working on a solution for this. A telephone it's probably, probably going to have a Kickstarter invi- uh, like involved so we can free Boobski and then send him to like, a great team that where he can flourish something like uh, Gorillas, maybe. I don't know. All right, wonderful. All right, now let's get into the hot seat. Lucas, roll the bumper and uh, let's get this one underway. Guys, I can't tell you tonight. I'm so sorry. I can't tell you tonight. The producer communication I've had is is at an all time high, and I, I'm hating this. I'm hating this. But I, I need to take. I need everybody. I need everybody to take a deep breath, please. Please take a deep breath because I want to do this intro. I want to get best, this intro. Best countdown I've oh ever heard. God, I want to get this intro set and ready to go. All right, we got the hot seat tonight with none other than two time major winner, Brazilian Counter Strike legend, and now the in game leader of Godsent, Taco. There we go. That's the intro. I want to give you mate thank you again for joining us it's great to have you here you're in mexico you got your bodyguard you just qualified for the bloody major you're ramping back up this mountain how like it's a it's a generic question but but how's life you must be pretty happy with things right now yeah thank you thank you for the for the intro i appreciate it uh yes uh it's been it's been long 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 10 months uh, under godsend uh of course i'm enjoying uh enjoying the the victories and the rewards we are getting for the hard work of the entire year so it feels great to finally uh, be able to win matches and get spots on tournaments and all this stuff uh it's been a long time since i i won something and even a online qualifier feels 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 really good to be honest uh, yeah we're, we're going in a bit of reverse order here tonight with you mate we're going to start with the recent highs and then we're going to go back and kind of look at how you've gotten to this point and and, and the rebuilding of of uh you within the brazilian counter-strike scene so for people who aren't too familiar in recent times right uh you've been able to qualify for im winter you've got the epl conference and uh you've obviously qualified for the major this has all happened relatively recently um you've had to go back on a plane over to to america whether it's south or north, but either way, uh, to, to play in some of these events. And I, I think one of the key things is the majority of the time for this team has been spent in Europe, right? Like you guys have been spending a lot of time in that facility in, in Sweden that Godsend have. Is that is it Malmo? Where is it exactly? It's in Malmo, yes. 
Okay, so so spending so much time over there and playing so much Counter Strike over there with with the new team that you formed, and then you're going over to North America. Does it feel like you guys have have done it in like the Dragon Ball Z kind of hyperbolic chamber thing? And now you've gone over and you feel like you're back in the real world against everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kinda. We we when we started the team, we we wanted to go to Europe because we thought that it would be the fastest way to improve and uh, to to get better. And that's what we did. Uh, it helps that Godsend has a, a Godsend facility in Sweden, and I mean it. It, it makes our lives a, li- a lot easier when we travel to Europe. Uh, we never planned to stay in Europe because uh, when I when I was invited to this to this project, the only conditions that I put uh, in my I mean for me to to join the the team was. Uh, not moving to to Europe or uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I just said that I oh, oh yeah, I said that I don't want to move to Europe and I I don't want to move uh, to a, to another gaming house because uh, I'm I'm getting old and I, <laughs> I spent all my life and all my career in a in a gaming house. Uh, it's it's been like that for six or seven years now and. Uh, so those were the only conditions that I put to 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 go to Godsend. And when we went to Europe, we actually improved a lot. We we got to 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 practice a lot against a, a lot of teams, which is which is nice. And especially for the young guys, uh, it was the first time that they they had some kind of training or experience in Europe. So it was uh, really worth it, the, the month we spent in, in Europe learning and improving. Nice. All right, uh, Prof Striker, around the major qualification or the, the IM Winter stuff, the EPL conference, do you have any questions pertaining to that, boys? Yeah, I mean, just, just to kind of continue on, on your lead there, then coming, coming from Europe, going to, to NA to, to play against this team and the NA being in the state that it is right now where you don't really have a lot of top teams and the top teams that we kind of have aren't that top to to say what was it like to to play this tournament because i mean in esca you were even stuck in like playing i don't know even where you started but you're in you're you're just got out of advance so you didn't really play so many top teams but what was it like just coming back and and playing the competition that was available in na yeah uh I think we just we just played what was in front of us, and uh, our goal was to to win every every tournament we played in ENA. Uh, of course, train hack, IM winter qualifier, and RMR. Uh, we are talking about uh, different uh, stuff. It's not ESCA advanced or uh, cash cup, but uh, for us to be to be really honest, when we the first tournament we played here was a ESA Cash Cup after the first RMR, where we lost in the qualifier. We didn't even qualify to the main event. And uh, playing this tournament is, is, for me individually, it's frustrating to to be honest because uh, the level is not too high. And uh, but for for the team it was really important because we we got to. To, to play tournaments and get experience as, as a team and uh, for the young players as well to get more experience because I think it's the, 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 the best way to improve and get a lot of experience is playing tournaments. So uh, we did that. And But talking about the level and the, the tournaments we played, 
I guess that what I what I fight every day here is is for us to play the right CS. What I what I consider playing the right CS. Uh, we don't like to play to play random or buggy style or uh, you know just running around the map. We like to to be. I mean, uh, we like to be a team and we like to have uh, our stuff and uh, we we like to to bring that consistency you need to to build a, a strong team. And uh, that's I, I don't I don't really care if if we win uh, RMR playing against let's see let's say Liquid and Furia and EG and Triumph and all these teams if we play the right CS and uh, I think that we are we are playing the the right CS if if we play the same way we played against. Uh, Liquid, for example, we we can beat uh, European teams, and uh, I don't care. I mean, I'm just saying that because I don't care if we if we win big or small tournaments. Uh, what matters for me is playing the right way and not playing random or something like that. I'm just curious because you you keep talking about right CS, and there's obviously one kind of a, like a specific question here, which uh, kind of like a way you approach Counter-Strike, which is very unique and very not, I guess, common, which is your your approach to opping in general, because like you basically have four different people picking it up at different times. So how come that that has kind of like stayed your identity since the start? Like I know from the start, you were kind of saying that, okay, everybody can kind of pick up the op, but like, I think everybody kind of expected the team to eventually get to a point where somebody kind of like becomes the primary offer, but that like never really happened, at least not in my eyes. I feel like, and even from the stats when I was looking through, like who has like what weapon, weapons and stuff like that, it's just it's just all over the place, right? So, <laughs> tell me about that approach in general. Why did you stick to that essentially? Yeah, the when we built this team, we had four guys that were uh, solo B sites. It was me, Lato, Barting, and Dumao. We were both holding the B bomb sites on CT side. It was insane. So and, and then we had Phelps. Phelps was the only one. I mean, that was easy to find the positions for him to play because he was the only A player, A side player, in our team. And we had to, we had to move a lot, a lot. Like we had to change a lot in the beginning of the team. And of course, the the Alper was always a a question, right? So what do we do with the Alp nowadays is. Uh, it depends a lot. It depends on the map. It depends on the game. It depends on the round. It depends on the, and we think that uh, being this way, it's it's hard. It's hard for the opponents to to read what we are going to do because, for example, on City South side on Nuke, I, I was opening a lot this the, the last tournament. So I was opening on the on the B side on or B ramp on Nuke, and uh, it's a it's a different approach when you play against a team that is playing with a dedicated sniper on the B side. It's it's different, but uh, I, I I also know how to play with rifle there. And for the next nuke we play, maybe it's someone else with the AWP, or uh, maybe it's Duma outside Alpine, or maybe we don't have one. So this is this kind of this is kind of good to play with and that's something we talk about a lot and me and uh, and our coach and our analysts too we we discuss about this kind of stuff so even though it feels like kind of random uh, it's it's not random we think when we're gonna use and how we're gonna use the sniper and in, and in, in a way it's good that uh, everyone can play with it i i don't I, I can't say that everyone is good with it because it's a different <laughs> team but 
everyone can play with it. I can hit my shots if they are. Of course, I'm gonna miss a lot of a lot of shots too. But uh, when you when you kind of, for example, when you kind of know that you're gonna be opening this map, this specific map, and this specific game, it's just it's it's different than being a dedicated opener. You know, you know mm. that it's just one uh, one one thing that you're gonna do this game and. That's it. Maybe next week you're gonna up again. <laughs> Is you were that... very flexible. Yeah. How yeah. how dependent on like improvisation that? Is there like an actual system behind like who used like I imagine like obviously it's dependent on maps and sides and stuff like that. But it doesn't even seem like it's consistent. Like you play a cons uh, one map consistently where one guy only has the up. You know, it doesn't seem like there's. It's always gonna be set one guy on the same map on the same side. You know. So yeah. is there a system or do you just improvise saying okay like. Now we're kind of like fucking up on B. Would be would be good to bring bring it up there. That's kind of like the approach, or how does it work even? Yeah, that works too. We that's that's a good of everyone being able to buy the op at least. You know, when we need a op, uh, like A overpass, we guys we need to to we even double up. We we double up on A overpass with Lato and Phelps. So yeah, definitely <laughs> when we <laughs> it's crazy, right? Like from no alpers to double alping on A overpass. It's crazy, but uh it's it's actually part of the system. We know we know uh we plan this kind of stuff and also everyone is totally free to pick up the alp when needed during during a match. Okay. So Maybe let's uh, yeah, yeah just, I just want to make make a point that it's it's not it's super super rare. I don't know any other team that that is doing it like this. Like we have teams that don't have a dedicated opera, but and then they just like force playing with rifles all the time. But like overall, I think when you look at Godsense overall op kills, it's on par with like a normal team. It's not mm -hmm. like you're shying away from the op. It's just like everyone is using it as a secondary opera almost. It's like everyone's from the five to like fifteen percent on the team maybe maybe one player isn't using it i don't, I don't remember exactly but everyone is using it. If, if we go to teams like liquid or like g2 nowadays like you know which players are going to be using the op the most even though they kind of didn't like the old liquid right uh or g2 now you you know who's going to be using it like nitro is going to use it but it's not going to use it that much so it's it's a very special special situation going on in godsend there uh, look, I think yeah. it's a, a nice identifying feature. Now let's let's take one step back, right, and then we'll come into this because I think what we can do is right uh, for the people at home, we'll give them a bit of a timeline, right? Because I think it was about this time last year, give or take a month, uh, whereas things kind of ground to a halt with MRBR, right? And then rumors started to swirl. I think it was in November of last year that you and Dead were going to be forming a new project with the likes of Phelps and some of these younger names. And then earlier this year, mate, I, I did, it was in January. I'm pretty sure it was, and. Um, I'm sitting there and there's this um, there's this guy who works for Endpoint, Tom something or other is his name. But anyway, he put a post up, I think, on Reddit about your team. And at the time, the name was Troop. It was like T-R-U-P-E or whatever, right? And he put up the the link for that and you were playing Endpoint on Inferno. And I, jo I joined in and I, I was watching that through um, through the link. And I was like, okay, this is interesting, right? Because the Taco story now, he was, you know, uh, in the legendary Brazilian days, winning those majors, and then it's all kind of fallen apart. He's had his time in liquid, and things have, have kind of fallen flat for everybody in that team, right? And then you were the one who's gone back. You've reinvented yourself as an in-game leader, which, first of all, was fucking awesome. Uh, second of all, you've taken a chance on the younger names, right? Because this is this is what you, you did. You built a project out of nothing with Phelps, who, mind you, is a, a great name to pick. We never, I don't think we ever really got to see him at 100% within those... Brazilian rosters before you've rebuilt this team 
And like, I think first and foremost for you, how, how did you come about this decision? How was this the one that you wanted to go with? You know, because you could have done international teams again. You've already done that liquid stuff where you were speaking English as a primary language. Why did you want to go in this direction? Yeah, uh, I think it's a good a good thing to talk about. And f uh, thank you for the for the words. I appreciate it. Uh, when I when I left my old team in I think it was. November, October last year, uh, I was not really in a good uh, place of mind, I would say, and I, I, I decided to just take a step back and not even listen to any, any offers that would appear or not really think about CS. Uh, I went to literally, uh, <laughs> I went to, uh, to a dessert. Not not dessert, a dessert, not dessert. Uh, desert? desert, desert, desert. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not, I was I was smiling before. <laughs> I, I, I always do that with dessert and desert. Not dessert. as tasty. Yes, but I went to uh, with my brother and a and a cousin to. I went to a dessert, not dessert. I'm kidding. <laughs> I went to a dessert, 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 dessert. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I just, we were just there chilling without cell phones and uh, talking as family because I really needed that at that time. I really needed. Uh, and there I discussed and I thought about my career and about what I wanted to do. And after that, I started to listen to offers and uh, stuff and I don't know whatever people wanted to, to talk to me and i got some offers to to join na teams i got some offers to to just you know do whatever but uh it was not what i really wanted to do i was really close to sign with uh, na team back in the days again uh but in the end it was not what i really wanted to do so after that i just decided to to wait a little bit more and because it was getting closer to the end of end of the year and the end of the year is where things happens you know and now I, I just wanted to wait and see see my options and ricardo dad he came to me to talk to me and uh he wanted to know what i was going to do and what i what i was planning to do and i told him that i was just waiting and he he said that Phelps wanted to to build a team and he wanted to play with me and he thought that I could be a a good name to to build a team around and uh, I decided I decided to listen to 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 that and I decided to take a look and investigate a little bit <laughs> and. Uh, Instantly, when I when I heard about the names, of course, the first name that came to to our minds was Dumal. Uh, he was playing for EA and uh, he was doing great there. The second name that came was Lato. We he was playing for Red Canids in Brazil and he was the the best best player in that team and one of the best players in Brazil too. I, I didn't know him because when when I was uh, in Europe and NA, you don't really follow the 
the Brazilian tournaments, the Brazilian competition, you know. So I didn't really know Lato or any of, any of these players that were playing in Brazil back in the days. So uh, when who really brought Lato was Phelps because Phelps was playing for Boom mm. and he was playing in Brazil, the Brazilian tournaments, and he played against Lato and he said, Taco, this guy, he will be something. He's good. He he he's a great player, and to bring Lato to the team was just literally okay. Phelps, I trust you. <laughs> it was literally like that. I didn't even know the guy, or I didn't watch anything. I didn't even you know analyze anything. I, it was just okay. Taco, this guy's good. Okay, Phelps, I I believe in you. Let's do it. And then they brought Lato. Dumao, I already knew he was good. And then the last one was Barting. When Barton came, he he was playing for Team One at the time, and uh, I, I played against him few games and few practice as well, practice maps. And he the guy had a really good aim, and uh, he was the best player for Team One, and he was doing really great in eight tournaments as well. So we just decided to go with him. He was doing really great at the time. Uh, the thing that I, me becoming an in-game leader was uh, was just that. After many, many years, I had the chance to play for big teams and great teams and play with good in-game leaders and talk with talk to great minds of CS and learn a lot about the game. And I'm someone that uh, studied the game a lot and everyone that plays with me knows that uh, I like to study and watch and uh, take notes and uh, copy and create and think about CS a lot. And uh, I think it was just, you know, uh, okay, it makes a lot of sense for Taco be the in-game leader, and uh, I mean, especially with young guys and young players. Phelps, it's it's not his, it's it's not his, uh, it's not it's not from Phelps to 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 be the in-game leader. You know, uh, it's not his style. He, it's not the way he he likes to 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 play, or it's not the it's not the role he likes to to be in. So that's that's how we we choose me my myself as a as an in-game leader and uh and then we started the project uh in the beginning it was really hard we we went to eu and then we played this uh dreamhack qualifier and uh, that's where we played against endpoint and we actually did great i mean we had uh, only 10 days of uh, lineup and we played against Endpoint, which is a, a good team in Europe. And we almost won against them. We It was 16, 13, something like that. And uh, But it was only 10 days of team, and uh, but but it was already a good sign, at least for me. Like, okay, these guys playing playing in Brazil, they never played a tournament and they, they come to Europe. And after a week in Europe, they already play a good team and they don't they don't feel the pressure they don't you know they they just play cs and we almost won it's that's what i that's what i need uh and what really helped me was the fact that uh with the new players and the young players they they brought back that uh fire and that will uh that i kind of lost in the way uh, in my way, in my career, in a point of my career, and they they brought back and uh, when they they joined the team, when I see the love they have for the game, and uh, when I see that they really want to to win, they really want to improve, they really want to be better. Uh, my only option was to to give my best and share all the experience and everything I I know as a player and 
as a in-game leader or as a person or whatever. I know I just wanted to share and make sure they 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 get the best out of it and uh that's what I'm doing since then. Uh I'm just lucky to 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 have these kind of people around me. I'm of course I'm really happy with that. I'm really happy uh that I chose to 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 be a part of this project. Uh it was not something like I told you guys, it was not something like really planned. You know, we're gonna do this and we're gonna move this piece and this piece and this piece. It was just uh, people that really wanted to win and uh, really wanted to work, sticking together and uh, building a team. It was pretty much like it. I mean, uh, just kind of touching on that, like these three names. I think if you if you went on the HLT forums that said like, who, who are the three best talents from Brazil at that time? I think these are the three names you'd get like 90% of the time. Uh, so, and taking in, into into account that people, at least in the past, were saying, oh, you can't buy anyone in Brazil. The buyouts are so huge. I mean, even you guys, when you were in an MIBR or at different times, uh, and then when you left and they were searching for different players, they're like, oh, everything, everything's too expensive. So how did it happen that you got these got these three guys who... As I said, all three kind of star players were the contracts just running out, so it's like good timing, or how did that work? Uh, this this part of the negotiations and this part of the stuff, uh, it was all Ricardo taking care of. I don't, I never, I'm never part of any kind of negotiation. And in the team, the only time I talked to the players, like to the three, three players that uh, came to the team, was just. Uh, in-game stuff, you know, hey, yeah. uh, so I heard you are negotiating with our team. It's going to be a pleasure to play with you. I'm here to to help and, you know, uh, I think you, you're going to join this team. We are like that. We like to do that and that and that. That was my part, but and also to try to convince the players. It's it's also important. Uh, most, some of them in Brazil, it would be for them, it would be a dream to, to play outside of Brazil with I mean, we've fallen with me, with Code, with Fur, with, you know, these big names that they grew up watching. And uh, when I, when I'm talking to, when I talk to these guys, they, they really, it's, it, I can really see that they really want the, this chance or they really want this, this thing, you know? So yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, my, my part in the, in the negotiations with the the contracts and and all this stuff, we'll we'll ask Ricardo at, uh, in Stockholm when we see him. We need to get some uh, at least off yeah, the record some details. The businessman, yeah. But I, but I heard I also heard that uh, it was not too difficult uh, to get the buyouts. We have big, huge buyouts in Brazil, but uh, but no one pays. It, them. <laughs> <laughs> it it all, it all depends. It all depends. It all depends a lot. Like when we were in SK Gaming and we needed to buy someone in Brazil, okay, we need to buy Phelps now. We FNX was out of the team. We needed to buy Phelps. Oh, we, you need Phelps? Okay, uh, Phelps is a uh, hundred thousand dollars, for example. I'm just saying a random number. Yeah. Uh, a hundred. Oh, okay, a hundred, a hundred thousand. Yes. Oh, but it's for SK Gaming. Mm, Three hundred thousand now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So that's why that's why I that's why I believe people have this image. It's not like as bad as people 
people think and we were not SK, SK gaming at the time we were god sent and um, yeah, new project yeah. blah, blah, so people instead of asking for 300k they would ask for the, the, the 100 you know yeah so it was okay. easier because of that all right, not, sense, not milking sense. the cash cow. Uh, Striker, from what uh, Taka was talking about before, did anything perk up that you want to take us down a direction of? Or uh, no, more like more like just kind of to get to the point where how did you even get to this point, right? To to where you have had this success, you know, in the past, let's say two two to three months, where you've actually uh, started winning something, like obviously, especially in North America now. But generally, like, how did you make that step up? What do you think has made the difference in the past couple of months? Well, I would say that it was, man, it was so, 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 I'm, I'm finding the, the word exhaustive. Okay. So exhaustive, like real exhaustive uh, in a point that in this last, uh, grand finals, we played like BO fives and BO threes and best of ones and all this stuff. I was just praying we we would have a break, you know, like we would have a few days to to rest because we were not even practicing, only playing tournaments every day, every day, tournaments, every day, tournaments. So I was really, really exhausted, to be honest. But it's not from now, it's from the last months and last year, you know, it was so exhaustive. And... Uh, I think it's just hard work. I don't know. I I I always had this thing with me that uh, I know how to play CS. I know how to set up a team to play CS. I know what's needed to 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 be a good team. Uh, of course, the way I think about CS is not the the only right way or the the way that CS should be played or something like that. I'm not trying to be this guy here, but I have a way that I believe that should be CS should be played. That's the way I learned back in the days. And of course, that's a upgraded way <laughs> because with time and experience and playing tournaments and all of this, you of course you you get more knowledge and you you adapt to change. Uh, but the way I know how to play CS comes from all the teams that I played for. So let's say I learned a lot from Fallen back in the days. I learned a lot from Fur, FNX, Code, all these guys because they were older than me. They learned me. They they taught me a lot. I learned a lot from them. Uh, what else? Well, the Liquid just. Oh, go ahead. Liquid was a team that I learned a lot because uh, we didn't have a uh, main Alper in Liquid. So I learned a lot there too. And uh, I mean, it when I when I wanted to to when I want to make my team play, I always think about these experiences that I have that I had in the past. You know, so uh, that's the CS I think we should play. And I know that, and I know that I know that. <laughs> right. So was it just so, about passing on that knowledge to the new guys then? Because you have yes. a lot of young guys, right? So it's it's bound to take some time. So is that is that all it took? Just like kind of to try to pass on that knowledge and um, explain to them what CS should be looking like? 
Yes, and CS was really stressful for me, like really stressful. I, I didn't want to play CS anymore. Like the last year was really stressful. I didn't, I didn't want to travel. I didn't want to play tournaments. I didn't want to to be in a team. I didn't want to to do all nothing. Like I was done, you know. And uh, Godsend and this project was what made me come back and made me feel alive again. Because even though I was not, I was not feeling alive. I wanted to feel alive. I wanted to to do something, and uh, I knew that the knowledge and uh, the experience that I have could be really rich in in, a, in good hands, you know. And when I saw that those players and this team that I'm that I'm playing for now are good hands, I had no doubt that I what I had to do, you know. Uh, I had no doubt. So uh, I'm really grateful for my teammates that I have now. And also, uh, I want to, in a way, I want to make them better. You know, I want to give my best to make them better. I, I think if people are looking for maybe that kind of what you're talking about here, right? I, I witnessed this just the other day with the Copenhagen Flames guys. I don't know if everybody at home saw the celebration when they qualified for the major, but a bunch of young guys and you can see what it means to them to qualify for something like the major like for you it's i'm assuming it's the same kind of thing you can see that emotion that you once had yourself in other people and that right there is is like the most beautiful thing about this right is is it, it humanizes it again i think we lost a lot of that over the last two years we lost a lot of that so it's great that you found that again because when i saw the copenhagen flames guys like the other day i was like oh shit like that's it like that's that's what we're doing this for. So obviously, we always know that uh, the Brazilian teams are, are very passionate, right? When we watch your boys play, though, on the cams, you guys seem pretty like mellow and chill. Doesn't look as like crazy as the the uh, Oplano guys, for example, right? Like, do you think you guys are a bit different from the other Brazilian teams in that regard? We are shy, really shy. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but we we are good good guys. Like we we also celebrate in our way. We, I mean, our our staff and people behind us, they they celebrate more than us players. <laughs> and the last RMR when we were playing against Triumph, the last game to qualify, we when we won against them, uh, RMRs events for everyone. I think you guys know already, but people watching, you, we cannot have anyone in the in the room, like mm. anyone. It's only five players, no coach, no analyst, nothing. Just not even the, not even my my dog could be there. <laughs> <laughs> not even my dog. And then we, it was only us players. And we, when we won against Triumph, it was weird because everyone was really happy, really hyped. I could see in their eyes. And when we won, we just hug each other. You know, like yeah, nice guys, we won. Like. Thank God we won! Like nice, nice. That's nice. And then, because because of the delay, after few minutes comes the the staff. Ah. You know the government <laughs> staff. They come celebrating, breaking everything they have. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, uh, uh, <laughs> it's just it's just it's not that we we don't like emotions or something like that. We like we have it, but we are just uh, shy. We like to focus a little bit more on the game uh we we like to bring this hype and as the in-game leader I, I also try sometimes to 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 put some energy in the team uh but it's just a matter of the players we have like phelps phelps is 
you know, ice cold. He's no emotions, and that's Phelps. You you don't have, you you can't change that. That's him. Uh, you have uh, Lato. Lato is almost like Phelps. He's shy. He's not shy when he knows you, but he's shy. But he's not gonna be the one, you know, like celebrating and you know. No, it's not gonna be Lato. Barting, Barting. He's a. Uh, I think you're gonna you you guys gonna have the chance to meet him in some tournament. And and he also talks English. He speaks English, so you're gonna you're gonna talk to him. Uh, he's the nicest guy I have ever met in my entire life, and I'm not kidding. You you're gonna oh. see. I'm, I I don't want to talk much because it's gonna sound like bullshit. I don't want to. <laughs> But you you're gonna see in the future because he's young and he has a yeah the entire his entire career career in front of in front of him. So uh, you you're gonna see how nice of a guy this guy is. And he he likes to celebrate. He was he, he was the one celebrating a lot when when we won uh, in the videos got sent posted on social medias. And we have Dumao. Dumao he's young. He's really young, and he he has this fire. You know he likes to celebrate and he's, he screams a lot during the games and he has this style. So in the future, what I I think uh, if we play land tournaments and if we Keep playing land tournaments and getting the spots to play big and big tournaments on land. I think you're gonna see like probably Dumao, very explosive, almost code zero style. Uh, you're gonna see me. I either celebrate or think. So I nowadays I I would rather thinking and <laughs> giving the call for the next round. <laughs> and Phelps. Phelps, it's Phelps. You are, you already know him. It's Phelps. He's not gonna change. And Lato, Barting, you, you're probably gonna see him uh, a little bit less than than Dumao. And Lato is is he's like Phelps. He's not gonna be celebrating that much. So that's that's what you 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 can expect from Godsent Inland. <laughs> All right, awesome. That's really cool. Phelps, I remember even back in the days when like you guys were at every tournament and winning half of them at least. And I was like, let's do an interview with someone from from SK or okay. And it's like always like fall, and then it's taco, then okay, you get called zero, then maybe you get fur, and then Phelps is like, no. Just like like <laughs> Zai, like a Zai Wu almost. Like, no, no. And then like seventh tournament, I'm like talking to to your managers like Okay, I'll bring you Phelps, and then Phelps was like <laughs> almost like you have a gun to his head. That, that's that's how the interview went. I'm like, okay, maybe maybe I'll just respect his wishes next time. It'll be it'll be fine. Uh, boys, I want to go for a little bit of a pivot here. Uh, Let's I, go. I want to get into yeah, who wants to be a skinnier, and then we can kind of pick Taco's brain as we're going through the other topics. All right, because I'm sure we okay. can relate a lot of things to to Godsend here. Before we sure. move on to that, so, sorry, Lucas. Oh, okay. Before we move on to that, this is a bit more of a personal one here, Taco. Is is Joachim with you guys in uh, in Mexico? No, he's not. No? I saw him in some of your videos. I had the pleasure to meet him when I was doing um, an Asus ROG thing. His media company was uh, the one that kind of came around the world with us. And he's a lovely guy. I've seen him with you. He's a lot of fun. He's a, he he's a great bloke. He is. He's one of my closest friends in the team, like in the org, you know? He he's such a nice guy and such a nice person and uh, yeah you you are lucky uh, to to meet him in one of this uh, this filming whatever you 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 did because he's a really nice guy. 
What does he do for you guys? What what role does he have in the team? He's the I don't know in English, but he's a I think he's a head of content, something like that. Okay. All right. All right. That's interesting. All right. Nice. Okay. So while I get us back into uh, who wants to be a skin, you know, I don't know if they explain this one to you here, Taka, but basically what we have for you right now, it's going to be a quiz. Now this quiz is uh, brought to, to everybody at home by one of our sponsors and there's some skins on the line. Now, every question that you get right moves the little arrow up a notch into a more expensive skin. So the, if you get all five right, they win a, somebody at home in chat right now wins a skin worth $50, right? Uh, otherwise, it's like 15 or it goes down, right? So basically, this is a little bit of fun. We're going to get into this one right now. Uh, we should have a little, where's, oh, I got to find the link. It's over here. Uh, and I'm going to read out these questions and we'll go through these live. All right. So are we ready? Do you think, you, you think you're ready for this? Guys, I'm, I, I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> are you, we'll give you aren't a couple you amazing here. with these questions if i remember correctly you're pretty good with uh, some of the quizzes that we did in the past mm, i i had i played <laughs> two two quiz okay one with fallen one with nef i think we it was okay I would the say. fallen one was good about that that one i remember i don't remember the fall the nef one right now the nef right. one was in malta yeah malta. oh shit yeah. didn't do that oh, one. Oh shit that was that was like 2018 or something um, all right, yeah. Let, let's get into this. Guys in chat to enter type Bitskins in chat. We're going to get stuck into question number one. They get 60 seconds to answer these and then multiple choice questions. So let's kick off. Who wants to be a skinionaire with Taco? Question one, which team did Wood7 and Turtle play for before joining MIBR? Was it A, Sharks, B, Bravos, or C, Imperial? And then you can just click the answer uh, on the link for us. Easy, easy. Easy? Easy. One, two, three. Okay, I all right, locked in. Nice. And correct. All right, a great way to start things here. So uh, we just saw them play yesterday, right? They had uh, yep. their, their debut yeah, in the MIBR roster. Yeah. All right, question number two. Let's see how far Taka can smash this one out of the park. NIP are number three in the world after winning IEM Fall EU. Before Monday, when was the last time they were ranked as high? Was it A, 2016, B, 2018, or C, 2020? Well, I will say 2016, because 2018, I guess they they won the, no, it was 17. Yeah, it's 16. Okay. I locked in. All right, confident, confident. Very confident. Confident. Here we go. And he's correct. That has been a long time. Holy yep. shit. Five years. Wow. Okay. All right. Two for two. Taco smashing it. Question number three. Who won a 1v5 against G2 in the Blast Showdown? That was today. Was I it... just watched it. <laughs> was it A, Nighttime, B, Moon, or C, Starry? Man, I watched it on Vertigo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just watching, but I, I didn't pay attention on the nickname. Oh, my God, man. I have uh some... Do you have oh, a think of these nicknames exist and are Chinese pairs. I'm just saying. Oh, I, really? I, oh, really? I, I, went thought <laughs> I thought it was just made up. Uh, do you want to give him, a, give him a tip, Chad, there? I don't know what tip I could give him in 15 seconds. Okay, I will, I will go with nighttime. Uh, reconsider. No, uh, no, 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 no,
All right. Well, Prof done you with it. It was starry. Yeah. Prof's done oh, you with a trick question here today. Prof has really hit you with a trick one. All right. That's all right. Yeah. We can recover. We can recover. All right. Question four. Nice. B4 Future Festival returns with a LAN in 2021. Which team won a previous iteration of the event? Was it A, tricked, B, MIBR, or C, phase? <laughs> this is what I know. <laughs> <laughs> this I is mean, what I know. <laughs> topical. Do you? One. Do you? I don't know. Tricks. Tricks. Oh, oh okay. And the reveal is correct. That is, uh, that is Hunton's big, big tournament win. So probably because of that, I don't know why else he would remember it. Will it be his last? Were you maybe there? I don't know. I don't know. No, no. no. Bobski was the MVP. Fun fact. No. Oh, wow. Bobski oh. was the MVP. I, don't think it might be I was not there. I was no. not there. No, All right. I was not there. Well, that's a good, I, I wouldn't have been able to answer that one. Fucking hell. When was that event? 2018? 2019. 19. Jesus. 19, okay. 19, yes. 19, 19, yeah. All right. Question. We lost to, just for the chat to, to know, we lost the trick in the final, in the grand final. That's why I, I know. <laughs> in your memory. All right. Question number five. Which of the following players wasn't featured in hltv.org's what this is, the rest of This is just question? cut out for some reason, but it's one for the future, <laughs> one for the future article uh, okay. theories. Which of oh. the following players wasn't featured in HLTV.org's One for the Future series? Was it A, MHL, B, Mayan, or C, Misuta? This is a hard one. Uh, kind of, yeah. This is a really hard one. I think yeah. like one one of them is easy. Yeah, I think Mayan, Mayan was there. Yes, but then it's Mayern. between the, the other two, two. Yes. I'm thinking about misuta because he's playing for a a great team like yeah. for a, for a while now and maybe just because you know like it would be something like oh you didn't have misuta and that's the trick here i like your logic i like it i think i think yep. i feel like you're right as well let's see and you're correct all right four out of five right and prof's done some really hard ones tonight so yeah true. that's a good that's good shit that's that's not bad at all, Taka. Good stuff. All right, so one of our lucky viewers at home is going to be winning a skin worth fifteen dollars. Uh, who's won it, Lucas? Oh, it's in the chat. Hold up a second. Four uh, VN. Does it say four VN or IVN? My eyes are so I can't see that screen. It's too far away. All right. Well, <laughs> congratulations to uh, hold up. Let me lean over. Four <laughs> IVN. Jesus, boys. The eyes are really troubling me right now. All right. That is Who Wants to Be a Skinionaire brought to you by Bitskins and Taco. You've nailed it. All right. We're going to keep it moving. Let's get into the recent news. Lucas, roll the bumper and we'll get talking. The ExtraFi M42 RGB. What a fun mouse with five colorways, lightweight frame and just 59 grams with a swappable backplate to suit your grip style, the sensor, the easy cord, the smooth skates and driverless control for RGB and DPI is why you should check out the M42 RGB down below. I'm in the house and sector clear, but there is the window. Hate this badge. I'll take the fire through the pillar, whatever. Play with Parry Match. Parry Match. Your esports teammate. Buy and sell your skins now. Easy, fast, and safe. The best skin site. Credit card deposits and withdrawals. Instant cash out methods. Get the best deals. Quick, simple, reliable. Bitskins.com. 
All right, we're back in business here and in a big way because this topic, we spoke about it on last week's show. It was the first thing I thought about when Australis qualified for the major. It was who was going to be in the starting roster. Now, I presented a couple of different angles to look at it from last week. Do you get your in-game leader uh, who's won four majors before Glaive back in the roster? Do you uh, keep... Does Zipex get the bench again, even though he's part of that legendary team? Does Bubsky, the guy who's been on the bench all the time, does he get the boot again? And well, unfortunately for Bubsky, uh, he's been the individual who's who's not going to be playing the major, and he just qualified with the team uh, at, at the LAN. So right now, that's the the latest from Australis. We spoke about it last week, Striker, yeah. um, and we could we could understand the logic, right? Do you want to run the people mm -hmm. through the the logic of that one again? Yeah, right. I mean, we I think we all kind of knew that Glaive would be coming back if it was possible, like if, unless it was like the last few days where well, where his child would be born or something like that. Like we knew that as long as there was enough time, you know, between his his child being born and the major, like he would just be coming back. Like there was no there was no question about that, I think. So the only thing left to kind of figure out was who he would replace. And I guess the only two I would imagine the only two reasonable options would have been either Zipex or um or Bobski, just yeah. because of, you know, Zipex was the one who took some time out when Lucky was brought in. And obviously, you know, they were searching for an opera for a while or just like kind of complaining about not having an opera for a while. So I think Lucky was never the guy who would be out in that scenario. And so like, would it be Zipex playing the major who obviously has the experience, who has actually been looking quite good in, in, the, past couple of, in yeah. the past couple of weeks and months? Um, after having a bit of a struggle, or would it be Bobsky who we expected to be in the lineup for 2022, right? And kind of like carry on that legacy of Astralis, like moving forward, right? So, like, I mean, I think what I thought, what I thought, and what I said at the time was that, like, I would expect Astralis to bench Zipex just because he wouldn't be in the 2022 roster, or that's the expectation. Mm. Uh, but that it would make more sense if it was Bobsky, right? So I think. I'm glad that it almost glad that it was Bobsky just because it makes more sense to me in terms of how how far Strauss can go at the major. Like that's I think the biggest angle. Like I think with Zipex, I don't think there's a question that there's a better chance that he'll perform at a stage like a in major that environment. Sure. And uh, yeah, and just bring Strauss mm -hmm. further than what what they what they would have with Bobsky. So I think it makes a lot of sense. I realize that people are not particularly happy about Bobsky being being screwed over for the I don't know how many yes, time <laughs> in Astralis. Like that's Obviously, that's hard, but at the same time, like looking at it realistically, like I think this was the best choice. Now, look that that's a that's a different conversation in itself. Here, the the first one I I want to make sure we get through. And Taka, I want your opinion on this as a player, right? If you were in Bubsky's position, like what what do you think of this situation? Uh, it's a very sensitive topic. Uh, it it feels bad for him probably, but uh. I, I was thinking about it to be honest. Uh, if I if I had to to make the decision, I would make the the decision that uh, would make me in the end in the end would make my team win. So I I I understand uh, why people people are mad because of the decision and all this stuff. Uh, but I also understand why Astralis uh, did that. Like they. I mean, they have to think about performance, and they have to put the best team on the server. And uh, I think that's at least in their minds, that's what they did, you know. Yeah. Uh, so in a way, I understand them. I get what they did, and I also get why people are mad about Bubby's situation. And I also understand why 
Bubisky is probably feeling bad right now. But I mean, if I if I was him, what I I would just shake it off and uh, keep doing my thing and I, in the I future. <laughs> yeah, in the future, I mean, things when you when you work in the future, things tend to you know to be alright. So if I was him, I would just shake it off. That is that is not nothing much to do. Yeah, it, it is a pretty heartbreaking situation from the personal standpoint, but I think in terms of what you're talking about there, it makes a lot of sense because when we look at the constellation of this team, when they had the roster they had at the RMR, it made sense because Bubsky got to be an aggressive element. If if Glaive comes back in, well, he's quite aggressive in a lot of the moves he does, right? So that's going to overlap with where you can get the most out of Bubsky. Makes sense to keep Zip, uh, like what's being said there from from Striker. Um, but what does this say about the future of the team here, Prof? Because uh, do you think this is a situation where it it says about the faith of the team in in Bubsky going forward? Do you think it mentioned, or do you think it says anything about maybe they just wanted to give the the, the four of them an opportunity to try and defend their major trophy? Do you think it's from the Angle Taco saying where it's just the best team they think they can field? Where, what do you think is, is is this in Astralis? I mean, however you put it, like we all agree that this is probably the roster that had the the biggest chances to go far especially if you take an account that glaive is coming back right uh it makes sense so but you can't just ignore the fact that you just shafted a guy that's been in your team for, for a year and a half right? you you can't ignore it like that is something that you're you're taking that into account when you're making this decision that and that for me implies that probably long term they're not counting on bobski to be a part of the team i feel like it's very hard to see them after the majors saying like, oh, no, now you can come back after all. It's like this guy has been benched and unbenched so many times in this team that I don't know how he, after you miss out on a major, because this isn't any other tournament. And this is a player that has not played any majors. So correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure I'm pretty sure he has not mm -hmm. played a major oh, before. This would be his first chance to, to do that. And he qualified. And and he, yeah, he essentially, he got you there. Like, he had some good him, performances too. May, yeah, he was the second highest rated player for Astralis in this team. I not was consistent in the groups rated. even where it was important. Like, this just, yeah. he kind of, he just got fucked as everybody else in the team, essentially, those two last two series where they didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so so stuff like, it, it's, for me, I, I don't know, if I'm in his shoes, I don't see how how you get over it and say like, okay, now, now I'm gonna like, whatever happens, I'm gonna be there a soldier to wait in line because it doesn't seem for me, it doesn't seem like he was, he was kind of prompted that this was a possibility before the event. It, I don't think that was the case because if that's the case and they actually have a six man roster, uh, then okay, you're, this is a six man roster. We'll decide before the event, but it seemed like everyone was just like, oh, probably it's not me who's going to be sitting out and everyone felt like they maybe deserved it to some degree to to be there at the major yeah so yeah th that for me implies that bobski isn't going to be a uh, part especially if you have config which is where the rumors are that he's coming in you have glaive and then you have you have an opera uh do you really need another player like that even potentially the priest thing we don't know details about that but if you have Dupree or Bobski, you're probably still leaning towards Dupree if that's a possibility. So, yeah, it's just a very difficult situation unless Bobski kind of can reinvent himself as a different type of a player to fit that Zipnix role, right? I, I, I did see some takes on Twitter today with people going, oh, yeah, but, you know, like we're talking 
I'm paraphrasing and I'm not even, I don't even know if I'm paraphrasing. This is the sentiment that I was reading is that it's a big team, you know, that, that it's an organization now. If they're running a six man roster, then these things are possible. This happens, you know, all the time in traditional sports, right? There, you know, you don't, but this isn't, we're not there yet, right? Like no. extended rosters have been flirted with for an, for a year now, right? They've been about a year. We've dipped our toe in. We've seen what it's like. Some people like it. Some people stick with it. Some people don't like it. But this isn't regular for Counter-Strike. It's not regular for... This is the reason that the RMR rules, like the points are going to the players and not the teams. So this shit doesn't really happen, right? Like it's... These kind of rules are to protect the players who qualify, um, but still with the flexibility for the orgs to make decisions. So we're kind of at a bit of a tipping point, I would say, Mm. um, where maybe, unfortunately for Bubsky, he is the first case of this happening. And we will remember this, but this might be the beginning of what will become the norm, but it's not the norm. So I hate the fact that like people want to grab it from that angle and talk about it like that's just the way it is. It's like, well, no, this is the first time I can remember other than when we had the coach hijinks in the past, right? Where you summon the coach and then you sub the motherfucker out. Like we've seen people bend that rule before. Um, But this is the first time where it's happened to this extent. So it really does suck for the kid, but we can also understand it. So we're, I can, we're all on both sides of the fence, it feels like. The think, community, get it. Yeah, I mean, I think the, big, the, the, the important caveat to this is that, like, I don't think it was ever meant to be a six-man, like an actual six-man roster. Right? It was always going to be about who is going to be the main five. Like, there's mm. no way that wasn't the plan. Like, mm. from the start, we saw Astralis, like, not even use their extra players because it wasn't like they were out. They were out of the team, essentially. Like, they were off. Like, that's what happened with Glaive. That's what happened with Zipex. Only then did Astralis start going to the, the six-man route because they just had no other choice. They just needed to bring in new players to actually uh, be able to play tournaments, right? Mm. So that was, like, their only their only solution. And the only time we actually saw them swap players in and out was, like, towards the end of the year, last year, where... Is this last year? This is last year, yeah. I'm just kind of, like, COVID. Yeah, it's COVID all fucked me up, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, it's really hard to kind of, like, set the timeline, right? But the, towards the end of last year, when Bobski was starting to play Nuke, and like they at least, you know, there was at least a hint of them trying the six-man thing, right? Mm-hmm. But that was like whatever a two-month period, and then Bobski was out again for 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 a while until that their uh, device came uh, went out. That's basically like the 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 time where Bobski started playing consistently again. So there was never a six-man thing apart from like a two-month period. So I think that's the biggest problem that. You just have to feel for Bobski, right? Like it's he—he he just I don't think he ever signed up for this in the first place. Like I think th- th- this isn't how it was presented to him when he joined the team. I can only speculate. I don't know it, but that's how I how it feels to me for sure. Yeah, he's definitely got the short end of the stick in a lot of these situations. Now, uh, are you guys cool to segue on to the next one? Cool. All right, Taka. What I want to do is I want to get your thoughts on the six-man roster, and then we'll jump over and start talking about uh, the recent news from Fnatic. What do you think about the six-man situation? When you saw it happening last year, were you like? Oh, this will be a change for the future, or do you think nah, nah, nah? Oh, I was, I was, I like, I like changes, and uh, uh, that's a discussion I was having with Ricardo too. Uh, he was saying, oh, Taco, if if you were, if you ha- you you are saying that you are you agree with six man roster, but uh, if you if you if you were the one being uh, on the bench, you wouldn't agree with it. And to be really honest, I would. I I don't care. I think it would, I mean, if it's, uh, it could be good, you know, I, I liked when Vitality was doing that uh, with, uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, Nivera. Uh, Nivera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, he I went liked to Valorant it. already forgets his name. Like, <laughs> like that guy. 
I'm I'm really bad with names, especially with the 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 new ones. <laughs> Brother, we'll just call him. <laughs> but so yeah, I I I I agree with that. I I think it's nice, but uh, maybe people just gotta be more real. I would say I don't know because like uh, Godsend, they wanted to do uh, they they are building the the academy, the academy team for for Godsend, and the truth is. They they want to build the, this academy team because they want to develop players to to you know to to make players better to give better conditions for for players young players etc. But also they they are doing this because in the future they want to uh, replace me with someone from the academy for example you know and that's not it's not something like bad to 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 listen to or. Uh, it, that's the that's the truth, you know. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm I'm 26. I'm I'm not too old, but I'm not too young, and uh, I'm not too young like like I was five years ago. Uh, and I know that soon, maybe in two, three, one, six months, two years, three years, whatever. Soon, I'm I'm not gonna be here anymore, you know. Someone someone will have to do the job. Someone will will have to to be here. And what what they are trying to do is getting someone from the academy ready and my job here is to lead my team like the main team and also i i also support the academy team and i do my my best to develop and to share experience and and you know so uh i, th I think it's uh, six man roster is really is really nice it could work but i think now it's when the the academies and you know all this stuff came I think it's just a matter of being more honest and, you know, like explaining to everyone what's really happening. Like we are renewing the lineup and the team and, you know, Taco is not forever. Uh, Phelps <laughs> is not forever. Uh, they're not going to stay in this team forever. Taco will retire one day. Uh, maybe in two years we want to kick him because he's not playing well. He's not doing what we want him to do. Maybe in six months Phelps is, you know, is not feeling okay. So that's, that's that's why we have the we have the academy. That's why we have a, a that's why we would have a six man roster, you know. Or you do like Vitality, like with Nifera. I think it was nice, like changing between maps and yeah, it's rotating. I think it was nice. But uh, Australia's situation was something like uh, uh, yes, we have a six man roster. It it seemed like they wanted to 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 put Bubisky in someone's place like for the for the next year and it never happened and then you know it, it, this situation this bad situation came and everyone talking about it uh, i think that the, it's just you know like for example okay guys you guys are getting old <laughs> for example you guys are getting old we we're gonna replace you some of you like in the future where we are thinking about it we're thinking about this and we got this guy, and this guy will be the future. Please teach him. You know, like yeah. then, then everyone's happy. I think, I think that's the way. I like six man roster. I like academy teams. I, I love that. I think it's. I think we we should think about the future, and uh, that's a good way of thinking about the future. But it it has to be in the in the right way. You know, it has to be done in the right way. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest difference here is probably. Bobski, when he was coming in, he wasn't like, oh, you're going to be this like guy that's going to stick around here for a year and maybe get to play five maps uh, because because he probably wouldn't have joined if that was a situation. 
Yeah, like he was probably told that he would get a bit more, bit more action sure. than than, and th that's that's kind of the issue. That's what you're saying. If the, if it's transparent, then it's fine. I want to ask you because actually, you guys didn't really announce the academy team for Godsend, but you announced the signing of of one player who is this 14 year old wonder kid from Brazil, Snowzin, who is also like kind of like a six player substitute something. I don't know what the what the exact thing is. So can you tell me a bit a bit about this guy? Do you, did you talk to him, play with him at all? Yeah, I played with him when I was in vacation in Brazil. I played. Uh, I actually have a there's a YouTube channel. Uh, of me teaching him uh, be bomb site on this shoe. I'm, I'm okay. showing all the tricks and tips and everything. Uh, he's a super talented player. Uh, he's only 14 years old, but he he plays with the Brazilian pro players already. Uh, he he. I mean, for the age he has, he's already a really good player for the age he has, of course. Uh, and then Godsend decided to to build a, a academy team. And of course, they asked for options, and they started to study and research, and they found they found Snowzing, and they wanted to build academy team around him, you know. So uh, he he's the biggest talent we have in Brazil now, probably. Uh, I mean, Brazil is a really huge country. It's hard to to, to say a hundred percent. If he's the biggest one, but uh, he's one of the biggest uh, prospects in Brazil right now, and he's gonna be the one uh, choosing the players and uh, you know Holy the other kids. A lot of responsibility. The supported-year-old yeah. kid—that's crazy, yeah. Yeah, and I mean he's also watching all the practices, our practices. Uh, uh, we talk to him too, like about CS, of course. We talk to his dad a lot. His dad is always with him, and uh, you know his dad is is his. Uh, I mean, he's his dad, pretty much. His dad is always covering everything for him. Not covering him. Um, his his dad's always on his supervising. Back, you know? yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Making sure he's not getting fucked over, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his dad is super nice too, and he supports him like to, to be. He really wants his son to be a esports player, CS player, you know, and that's really nice, man. I, cool. I, it wouldn't it wouldn't happen like uh in my when i was 14 years old <laughs> it's definitely a shift right there's definitely been a shift in that but this has actually been a really good conversation for us to segue into the next uh recent news topic right uh we're talking about academy teams here and uh we're going to talk about fanatic benching jackinho now if people didn't see it the the kid since the two brits came in he was getting a lot of flack on social media uh mainly reddit i think is probably the place that it was was uh quite nuclear uh, striker our striker he can tell you all about that uh but uh yeah so in in, in recent times uh he released a twit longer saying that you know there's a lot of pressure in this that and the other but you know it, it was going to make him stronger and he was going to learn from the experience it was kind of the gist of it right now uh he's been benched so i don't know how many more opportunities in swedish counter-strike there's going to be for jackinho at the moment considering this team is starting to look more international um, do you think this came pretty quick, Striker? What, what, what do you make of of this whole situation? Because he's been there since the start of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think pretty quick is stretching it just because it's been nine months or something since he started playing with this team. And it's not like he was ever out or anything. He's actually been playing like consistently. And mm. like you can make an argument that maybe the team wasn't in a place where they could develop him in the right way because they, they just struggled quite a lot during a lot of that time, right? So... 
like it's hard to put this put these results on him, and that's essentially what Fnatic are doing to to a degree, right? Do you think? Uh, I mean, I guess not anymore, just because of the the previous changes that happened and uh, with Alex and Mezzi coming in, right? So that was kind of like the first step of that. But now that, okay. like, if you that depends on where you look at it, right? Like, if you compare it to like his start in the team, obviously it wouldn't be too early. But then, like, there was a big shift coming when Alex and Mezzi came in, and mm-hmm. that's like from then on. I think maybe it might be too early just because of, you know, it's just an entirely new system and stuff like that. Maybe Alex will find a better way to use him and uh, and just uh, uh, show him how to be a better opera, right? But maybe but there must be something that, that that makes them make this move, right? Well, there is something, right? So they had Smooyu stand in, right? They had Smooyu stand in for them and, and, and he looked good. Now, we all we all know our friend Smooyu comes on the show every now and again. Uh, he's, a, he's a bottle of fun, but that would have been interesting. would have made the team uh, primarily British. But uh, actually... It turns out that uh, Regali from the right. Fnatic Rising team is going to be playing in their matchup against Copenhagen Flames. Now, based on what Taco was saying before about the academy teams and the conversations that we seem to have on this show, that would make a lot of sense. Because this kid, if anybody's been paying attention, he's 19 years of age. Uh, he's Romanian. He was playing for them in the academy league uh, with, that uh, we play running. And he's actually the highest rated player for the Fnatic Rising team, right? So it makes a lot of sense. And this is the, the workflow that you know, Taco's talking about there, right? If they already had someone in development, and I know that the Fnatic Rising team is very new as well, right? They were literally announced, what was it, the day before they had to play in the, yeah. the first We Play thing, right? Something like that, yeah. But he's shone in an environment where there's a spotlight. So um, do, do you think that played a factor, Prof? Do you think that, that Regali being there as someone who's shown promise played a factor and being yeah. like, okay, well, if Jackie Boy's not looking good... Yeah, in, in my opinion, it's more about there being other opportunities out there than like Jakinho being that bad that they had to remove him right now. I think when you when you think Smuya, like his contract with Movie Star, gonna end, gonna be ending sometime soon. Uh, you have this uh, this kid on your academy team, uh, which is showing some promise, and then you have. There's also th- that talk about like MHL, the the Polish guy, also one yeah, for the future. Yeah, he recently returned right? to Ego, didn't he? He now returned to Ego, but like in the past, there was some talk about maybe Fnatic uh, playing with them, and maybe they also wanted to test him out. And there there are a bunch of these options that they maybe could have gone for, and that's why that's why I think the decision was made now. Mm. Maybe if if the major wasn't two months or if they qualified for the major they probably they would stick with the, the the roster they have right but now that they're in this position where they didn't qualify for the major so they can like look around see what's available and and be kind of the first movers because i think realistically they have to be a bit smart about how they do things because they're not the team that they used to be where it's like oh we're fanatic whoever who, who do we want uh, we want this guy uh, maybe we want this guy and they're just like pick and choose, right? They need to be smart about their transfer policy. And uh, I guess that's how they're approaching it. And I think like Smua played pretty well with them in the open qualifier. Yep. And then they said that he's not going to play for them in, in the close qualifier, I guess, because they want to try out a couple of different options to see what works and what fits. Yeah. yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense just in just in terms of the timing of it, because like literally they have a month or something until the major ends and until that they can just try out whatever they want. So like even if this necessary doesn't have to be Jaquinho's end, like they can just bring in uh Regali for a couple of uh, for a couple of matches, right? Then figure out if maybe he's a better fit. And maybe he's not, you know, and maybe they will go back on Jaquinho or maybe they will just try something entirely different, right? So timing wise, I get it for sure, just because of uh, they don't have anything that important to play. 
that uh, that they would need to need like a superset roster for. Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, so Taco, have you guys had much experience coming past any of the Fnatic rosters in the last ten months? Were you seeing that this once legendary team was a bit of a shadow of themselves in practice or anything? Yeah, we Fnatic is a team that we we use to practice against them. We we like to practice practice against them, but. Uh, to, to be really honest, I, I'm not following uh, Fnatic since since everything started to, to fall apart. Fall apart. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I was not following when uh, even when they got Alex, I was not really you know like watching or following Fnatic in this sense. Uh, but I think it's sad, right? Like it's sad to to see such a legendary team and organization. Like out of a major, uh, when I when I started playing CS, I, uh, Fnatic was the best team in the world and mm. the team that was a nightmare. And even even back in the days, like when I was not playing, I was not I was only a spectator watching the majors at home. Uh, Fnatic, JW, you know, Creams, and uh, these guys are the nightmare. And uh, it's 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 not it's not nice to see to see them uh, out of the major this time. Do you think uh, you think Crims will be able to find that old form still? Do you think he's still got it in him? Maybe having some younger guys around him, like you've had to get that fire back in him. For sure, for sure. Crims is a great player. Uh, also, I in 2016 was a player that I most watched, like demos and all this stuff. Uh, he's really smart. The way he plays, he plays really smart. It's not only skill or. Uh, Something like that. He he's really smart, so that's why I believe he, uh, with the right people around him and uh, dedication, and he, if he wants, of course, uh, he can still be one of the best. Cool. I wonder right. what's what's happening with Brolin and how much possibly this whole communication thing is affecting him because that seems like the only reasoning for him to being this awful at IM Fall, especially and just in general since this this change yeah. came in. Like it's difficult to tell. Well, there's a couple of reasons I reckon. Well, what do you think? Well, I think first of all, like Brolin got to thrive. Uh, oh, I wanted to say something to trigger Prof then for a second. Brolin got to thrive in uh, in like a loosey goosey style of a team, right? Where into like the, your intuition for the game. <laughs> I am the trig, man. I was gonna <laughs> attempt it. I was gonna do it, but I left it. Um, I mean, there's but, no way you're that bad suddenly just because of a gun, you know, being. Yeah, being no, I don't right. think that. that. I just wanted not. to troll, all right? But I, I think that his the, the way that the team was before was very reactive, right? Mm. I think that there's, if there's a big adjustment, especially for a guy like him who's grown up in Swedish Counter-Strike that through NIP and Fnatic was both more mid-round or reactive teams, right? Now into a system with Alex Shaw, English, yeah, but I've spoken to Brolin a bunch of times. I wouldn't say that his English or the understanding would, would be such an issue. I think it's going from being more of an intuition-based individual to now having to be more structured and probably the same thing for crims but i think crims is more passive cerebral play style can suit that more right because for him it, it doesn't happen whereas for brolin he is still like what is he still he's, he can't be any older than what 19 now i'm just checking he's still very young he's only 19 remember this guy <laughs> was traveling around the world attending the biggest events when he was like 17. Yeah. so i still i think that for brolin He's definitely a talent. He he would probably take the longest adjustment time out of him and Crims, right? right? So, at least from from you know just a just a general glance, that I, I there's no way that he's just gone from being a really good player right. to being a, off the radar. So I think it's going to be a matter of time with Brolin, and it's actually going to make him a, a more rounded player. Remember what Mezzi was saying in that interview? 
right? Like after Cloud Nine, uh, after Cloud Nine, I think you said yeah, at one yeah, point. Right. Probably going to be a similar thing because Brolin goes from not on our screens to on our screens and fucking wrecking people. So I think for him, maybe it's like a not like a res situation, or maybe like a res situation, like where it's just going to take a little while before we see consistency of 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 him again. Um, all right, let's jump forward into our next one here. Let me find my little thing. Ah, okay. very quick one. Very, very quick, quick one. one. Now this one here, everybody at home. Uh, hello to our Turkish fans. We know that there's some of you out there watching. Eternal Fire, the Turkish super team that wasn't completely Turkish, have gotten rid of their only non-Turkish member, Issa, who, in the games that I tuned into, was the one zipping up the body bags and getting a lot of frags. So to me, when I read that, I was like, oh, I guess the Turkish lessons aren't going very well. But was there a, an official reason cited for this? Officially, or just... they said something like, he moved to Turkey, but Turkey didn't work for him. He so moved he's... to Turkey? Yeah, because they are like, boot camping and living there or whatever something oh. like that so that was kind of the situation and he also i guess if you want to learn the language move to the country i guess that's the logic right One because you're going to use and get all the time but it, they just said it didn't work out like statistically he wasn't like he wasn't super bad he wasn't the best like Zantaris is carrying this team like insanely sure. um and also in game leading which is interesting but yeah he's he's out of the team they played with Mirbit, who's like Turkish German. Okay. And so then he in game spoke Turkish? Yeah. So they just spoke Turkish, but and he in game led in Nordavind, but then he got shafted for Oplano, who went to that org. That's right. Uh, which is nice. That's right. Uh, but he's still contracted there. So I don't know if there are any anything's gonna happen. And apparently Zantaris wants to continue in game leading. Okay. Which is also a very interesting uh approach. So there's also the ex Floud kid who was like signed he was in gorillas with, with gorillas yeah so maybe that's an option for them we'll see we'll see but who happens. was the who was the in-game leader in that space soldiers time it was uh um, yeah major yeah. yeah yeah but he's with uh he's... what's the name of his team now fuck i forget the Sangal. name Sangal, that's the one he's yeah, yeah, leading yeah. over there so they uh I, and also i think like for Madja, like if he was gonna be part of this project, I would see it as a coach, right? Because the problem with him, well, maybe not the problem with him if he in-game led, but I, I think that they're trying to, if, if Zantaras is enjoying doing it and he's fragging, maybe he's got a bit of the Tabson syndrome, which is great. Like for Tabson now, we're noticing him being out of frag. So it's, it's an interesting one, but there has to be another Turkish name they can get. Like I know you just mentioned one, but there, there just has to be. Like there's so many Turkish Counter-Strike players. That's my country. Yeah, I mean Paz is also an option. The, these are like three, four names that people. I mean, are, they tried out Paz at some point, but didn't yeah, but work out true. for some reason. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Derek. Well, yeah. Okay. Oh. Uh, another one of those making that fun suggestion. Okay. Uh, let's let's move on. Let's get out of the recent news and yeah. uh, let's get into to more recent news. I suppose uh, the RMRs, the region major ranking events, came to its uh, close over the weekend. Uh, fantastic. And I just I just want to say, out of all events that I've worked in my entire life. I have never felt more tired in an event than that one. I don't know if it had to do with like the prison type vibe, not being able to go outside because of the quarantine or whatever. I had never felt more tired. And right now, I have never felt more wrecked. I feel fucking destroyed. So I can't imagine how those teams who are actually stuck inside for two weeks are feeling um, because it it was long. It was a long one, even with the best of ones that everybody hated. But uh, let's start off in the North American side of things. I think that probably makes the most sense uh, because... Well, coming out of the North American RMR, let me send you a link here, Lucas. We have a lot of Brazilian names, which I don't think is of too many surprises when you consider just how many Brazilian teams were in attendance. I've just sent it to you, Lucas, if you can bring that up for all the viewers at home. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, we get Fury coming first. God sent Tacos Boys. You guys came in, in second, but you had just beaten Fury the other day for the IEM spot. So you got two. You got two over them, I reckon. Uh, then we've got Liquid, uh, obviously Pain, another Brazilian name. We've just seen them in the showdown today. Evil Geniuses, Extremum, Triumph, Bad News Bears, Team One, Extra Salt, uh, Zero Zero Nation, and ATK. Now, um, I think here getting three teams qualified for the major from Brazil uh, is a pretty big deal. Now, Fury, the one we know, Godsend, the one that we've been talking about tonight, and Pain as well in recent times. I've been hearing good things about them, especially Safe. Everybody's talking about Safe like he's he's something special. Taka, we'll start there with you. Was Safe a player on your on your uh, on your radar when you were building this team? Yes, we we tried to get him okay. first, but he didn't want to leave Pain. Uh, it was, of course, it was like a year ago when yeah. when people were just talking. Uh, I think he's he's a good player. Uh, we when I watched their games and when i practice against pain uh he's a he's a good player i think the i think it's weird the fact that he's 26 and uh he's only i mean people are only talking about him now mm. but uh from what i saw and watched he he's he's a good player of course he has to prove himself in the in the big stages and against big teams but uh for the for the competition he has here, he's he's definitely above uh, the the competition he's he's playing right now. Uh, here's a question for you, Taka. With all these with all these Brazilian names making it through, right? Do do you feel? And I know this. We all know that this is based off of performance at the major. But do do you feel like it would be? Let's say let's just live in a world for a second where Brazilian teams you get multiple teams through to the top 16 and then let's say you get a couple of teams like two teams through to the top 8 let's just live in that world with me for a second those spots as far as distribution is likely to go back to the North American RMR right when so many teams are Brazilian that make it through here in the North American RMR do you think it would be more beneficial if people could just live in Brazil and there would be more spots for Brazil do you think it should be that way like South America obviously not just Brazil or do you think it's okay this way with North America having so many more spots, and that's where the Brazilian, the best Brazilian teams go to compete. Yeah, uh, it would make sense to to have a lot of spots in Brazil since, uh, I mean, since this is happening right now, like in North America. But I think it, I, I also think that it's uh, it's a matter of time until things comes back to normal. I, I, at least I I hope here in in a uh having many brazilian teams qualified through the narmr is just because of the fact that there are not many na teams playing right now hmm. uh i mean it it's that's the the biggest reason at least in my mind like if you ask me why we have many brazilian teams uh in the major it's in my mind it, the the answer is because uh nacs is uh pretty much Dad is too strong, but pretty much I on mean, life support, off, maybe. Yes, always a little bit. Uh, I, of course, it's good. It's good for us as a country, but I don't think it's good for CS uh, overall in general. I think it's I think it's bad. We we need and it's nice to have American teams competing and uh, moving the spots and qualifiers to Brazil would be a dream, of course. But we never wanted to to have everything you know we never wanted to have all the the qualifiers or all the spots or 
something like that. Maybe maybe we could get more because right now we only have one spot to the major. Maybe mm. we could we could get more, but I don't think it would be healthy to to have uh, like a lot of spots going to Brazil or you know something like that. I think it it's nice when when divided, but uh, right now with the fact that uh, American teams are not uh, really playing CS, uh, that happened. But Striker, what do you make about this whole situation, right? Do you think it it makes sense for the region as as a whole that there are so many Brazilian teams there to kind of keep it afloat in a way? Like they're they're propping it up in a way in terms of mm. the the competitive nature of the Brazilian teams compared to some of their North American counterparts, right? Like we all remember the story back in the day with Fallen and everybody coming up and sleeping on the floor yeah. in the kitchen, right? Like there's a mentality thing, right? I think a lot of people would agree to that. Um, sure. And the Brazilian players have the mentality for it right now. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's kind of cyclical, right? Because it's kind of, it is because of opportunities that teams move there. Like that's that's the primary reason, right? So like if the if the opportunities were in their region, there was there would have been no reason for them to move in the first place. And now obviously, like the, the opportunities aren't as big anymore just because of ESL Pro League not, not really being uh, split into regions anymore. Uh, and, uh, you know, not offering teams in NA, just like, yeah, exactly. Like, so... There's basically just, I mean, at this point, outside of just North American qualifiers for big events, which obviously, you know, have a few spots um, every couple of months at like a big event or something like that. Hmm. Like outside of that and RMRs, there's basically nothing else anymore. So like it would, to a degree, it would make sense for for some of these uh, to shift towards Brazil just so that they don't have to make the move, which is now almost nonsensical. And just only because of these some, some of these qualifying spots uh, for them to live in, in North America full time. So like... Like it goes both ways, right? Like you do that, and you kind of take away from NA. But then again, like they are kind of a flow a lot of a lot because of these imports, a lot of because of a team, or maybe not extreme at this point because they're not even there anymore. But used to be Renegades, right? And used to be uh, some of these teams that went there just for opportunities, like you know Luminosity and the and whoever like that. A lot of the time, like these moves improve the region a lot. But at this point, it's kind of like almost that. Some of these NA teams could go to to Brazil almost to just to because of the, yeah. the shift. Of, yeah, yeah, of like yeah. the importance of the teams obviously like you still have a team like liquid who's obviously the best out of like both worlds essentially like both regions so like it it, it doesn't make sense what i said exactly but you know that's Sorry, kind guys. of like how i'm feeling all good no, you're good man you're good yeah no i know i get what you're saying right there i think the thing is like back back in the heyday moving to north america was like the mixing pot obviously taco and his guys moved up there me and my boys went over obviously we've seen the south africans there for some time mm -hmm. Um, I think different regions and stuff have flirted with the idea like Southeast Asia and whatever of going to America because for a while there it was Europe and then it was North America and that was kind of where we'd clash but you weren't going to go to Europe because you weren't going to get any opportunities so you go to North America which actually strengthened strengthened the showing from North American region but wasn't necessarily North American representation mm. now that we've lost a lot of the um next gen teams in north america the dominance is clearly brazilian the extreme boys not qualifying again is rough that the the south african guys uh giving it a crack now I, I don't mind that it's this way but when there's not enough talent in north america to to perpetuate itself anyway that's when you start coming into problems yeah. right like um so like it's almost i don't want to get into too much like into talk of, of other games but if so people who are familiar with league of legends for example and what's happening there in terms of imports and how that's kind of like shifting the scene like the grassroots scene in league of legends in north america is terrible like they most of the top teams have like several imports and like considering how the rules work there like 
the more that happens, like the lead, the, the fewer North yeah. American actual actual North American players play in the main league, which is crazy. Like they sent I don't know how many teams to the worlds now, and only like uh, I don't want to bring out like the wrong number, but only like a fraction of the people coming from the North American region into worlds is North actually American North players. American. So, like the rest of our our imports, and this is actually kind of comparable almost to what's happening now in in CS as well, just because of the lack of North American talent and like that space being filled by imports, essentially by, by Brazilian teams, right? So uh, that's like, we we have to be careful about that, that happening as well. So I don't know what the solution is there. I don't know if there is a solution even because like the grassroots scene in North America isn't great. Although like people like Fragadelta are, are doing their best to kind of like bring some more tournaments to the region and stuff like that. It's still something to think about and something to be careful about because, like, that's where North America goes to shit. Like, if there's no grassroots scene, there's no North American region. Like, there's no talent to to go to the top teams, and like, eventually, if Fury is down the line, there's no top teams. Yeah. So that's I, how it goes. I think that there's a there's a level of an entitlement to to teams of a certain level thinking that they should be salaried. Like, I'm kind of getting that mm. vibe. It's like. I understand for people in the modern era of Counter-Strike, they they look at esports now as something that you should be paid to do. I come from a generation and Taco comes from a generation of Counter-Strike players who we did it with no salary. We had to earn the spot. And then from there, once 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 we showed that we were good enough, that's when the organizations and money came, right? Like maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're lucky, right? If you're lucky. <laughs> so uh, some teams just completely miss out on that altogether. Now uh, I think that North America is still very lucky that Liquid are the flagship team, right? I think that's great. And it actually brings Canada, uh, USA, and Brazil together, the three greatest counter-striking uh, nations on both continents um, together, right? Which is, which is a great thing to have right there. But, Prof, I'm a little bit worried. Do you <laughs> think that there will be a slot redistribution depending on uh, how North American teams go or North American representatives, they're not even North American teams, go at this major because... I'm a little bit worried that they might lose like maybe one spot altogether, right? Maybe I, I wouldn't say more than more than one spot, but I'm a little bit worried yeah. that, that it, there's going to have to be some readjusting, right? I mean, at this point, I'm already low key annoyed about not knowing anything about the next majors. Uh, like we, I guess the dates should be like as as were kind of planned with like May and stuff like that. But yeah, we have no idea how it's actually going to go. In theory, what we talked about last last show is maybe moving away from the regional major rankings right, into yeah. just major major ranking events. And I went back and read the article. I guess the, the point is that you invite like the top eight from, uh, let's say, PGL Stockholm to an event, which can be, let's say, IEM Melbourne or whatever. And then, yeah. you in, and then eight more teams qualify. And the top eight get some points, right? And then you have two events like this before the next major which which is which should be in may right so that's mm. not a lot of time to even have all, all of these things that's true and then you from that ranking you get like i think top 16 and then you get eight more teams through the minors the minors still existed in that system so you would still what have they presented before covid really right? yeah that was yep. before covid how it was supposed to look so the that would be the difference between let's say the content the the uh, the legends, the ch the contenders, and the challengers, right? Mm. The the contenders would be these minor teams. So, and there we'd maybe have that redistribution based on how Europe performs, how NA, South America, Oceania, how how these teams uh, how these teams perform. Which I think I think that would be quite okay. Maybe have like 
three spots for Europe. We have like one year, one for Asia, one for Oceania, and then we like figure out the the rest is kind of up in the air. We have like two spots for for NA. Maybe then we have four spots for for Europe or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there was always mm. the thing is there was always two spots though for every region in those minors, and I feel then, like that yeah, would still be the same thing. Like because it was we, we had the, Americas, then we, we didn't have the a, plan. The plan, right. right? We added the minor plan, so the third place team from every minor. Right, because not 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 all sixteen oh, teams made confusing. it to the because not all sixteen teams made it to the next major. It was just fourteen, and that's why the plan was yeah. introduced to like figure out those last two teams. But the, I don't think that would be. Yeah, I don't think that would be coming back for this this new system. But anyway, like I imagine the minor system would still be the same. We'd have one for for the Americas, one for Europe, one for Asia and Oceania. South America. No, but I'm missing one. I'm missing CIS. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah, there was no there was no South American minor. It was always America's minor. Uh, that's that's right. Team, it was. Yeah, the Americas. True, true, there, true. So, that's right. Yeah. So that's okay. like the way, but the way that it would be affected is how do those teams, how do teams from the Americas qualify and how many from each that's so true. South America yeah. and North America qualify for the qualifier, right? That's the problem. Yeah. Like where you, where you kind of like, how I, do you determine uh, those teams? One, one point that I forgot to, to tell you guys is that before coming to NA, to Mexico, to, to practice and prepare, we, we had to stay in Brazil because our plans were, were to go to, to Serbia, to, to Europe, to boot camp. And uh, we couldn't we couldn't go because Phelps had a problem and I had a problem too like a health problem and we had to to cancel the boot camp and then we had to to not uh, to not be in Brazil doing nothing we decided to come back to practice in Brazil and we played against uh, Brazilian teams pretty much for our for our week and all these teams like Sharks uh, uh, Bravos probably Bravos Paqueta all these all these teams. And they were, and then we came back and we came to, to NA to practice too. And I can tell you guys that uh, practice in Brazil was better than practicing in NA. Wow. Uh, these, these, these Brazilian teams are better than the teams we, we were practiced practice against here in NA, the tier two uh, NA teams, you know. Uh, there are not many tier one teams right now in NA. I, I, I would say Liquid, maybe. Not maybe. Liquid for, for sure. Yeah. But that's it. Right. So uh, in, in Brazil, uh, we don't have tier one teams, but we have a, a lot of tier, tier two teams and they are good uh, to practice. They have good players. And uh, I was, I was kind of impressed because I never, I never practiced in Brazil before. Uh, I, my, my practice time was always in Europe or NA and having the chance to practice in Brazil now was nice. So that's that's crazy. I would never think about it to be honest. Like two years ago, I would never think that practicing in Brazil was better than practicing ENA. To be honest, uh, especially because all good Brazilian teams were ENA already. <laughs> so <laughs> I, right. I think the thing is though, like with this, right? Without what your your team back in the day did, Taco, that would never have been the possibility, right? Because th this is this is the difference maker, right? People are very um, people are very upset with where North American Counter Strike is at, right? In terms of you know the representation, they're not getting many opportunities and stuff. Now, I existed in a time where 1.6 and Source were competitors of each other competitively, which sounds ridiculous to say, right? That two CS:GO games were competing against each other, but they were. And when CS Source got picked for the Championship Gaming Series, 
I tell you which way everybody went back in 2007, 2008, it was following the money, right? You had very few people from North American Counter-Strike who stayed with the game. I think nothing was one of the only players. And that's because he was probably too young to play the CGS, no joke. The rest of them all were turncoats and went to the thing that was gonna offer them more money, right? Now, I'm not saying this is a North American mentality. I'm just saying that this is where the opportunity was to make a living. Now, the same things happen with Valorant, right? It's the opportunity for more players to make more money, which for them, right, is do I grind really, really, really hard and maybe get the grim treatment or the oboe treatment where I make it onto either a liquid or an EG, two organizations? Or do I go to Valorant where my country, right, already loves a good franchise league in traditional sport and we love a good franchise league in video games where I know that I'm going to get paid a certain amount of money to play a game that's popular and uh, go a path of least resistance for that. There's definitely like, it makes a lot of sense why they've done that. Whereas with the Brazilian scene, see Counter-Strike as the opportunity because what your team's doing now, what your team has done in the past, you guys have shown the Brazilian scene, doesn't matter where the fuck we live, we're going to compete with the best teams in the world. Whereas the North American players, only uh, most of those guys who are going to play in Valorant are only ever going to stay in North America. Now, I don't know if my point here made any sense. It made sense in my head before I started talking. But now I've gotten to the end. I'm like, where was I going with this? I don't know, <laughs> I don't know but we got here. Um, yes, it so, makes sense. It okay. makes sense. I think it makes sense. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm glad we got there because the, the Brazilian conversation was what we were having here around the RMRs. Now, what I want to do, boys, and we can talk more about the teams and I, we should definitely park, uh, poke Taco to ask a couple of questions, but um, is bring up the list here of all the teams who are qualified for the major because I think that's quite important for us to do. Lucas, let me find you that one right now. Uh, I'll send that one your way. So I'll read this out for all of our audio-only listeners at home so they can uh, get the full list of all the teams who have qualified. So this is as per the hltv.org uh, rankings as right now, but I'm going to read that, this in order. So Navi, Gambit, NIP, Vitality, G2, FaZe, Heroic, Astralis, VP, Ents, Big, Liquid, Movistar Riders, Copenhagen Flames, Furia, Mouse Sports, Spirit, Entropic, Godsent, Pain, EG, Renegades, Sharks, and Tyloo. That's all the names. That's all the names EG are going to be the major. And, and great company right there. The uh, legendary. At the EG. end. <laughs> at the end. Uh, it's, it's very. The, the EG one is, is curious, right? Do we want to start there, Prof? Do you want to start there? We can start there. Well, they, they scammed <laughs> their way to the major, essentially, with that stupid rule at CS Summit, where they got invited to the top eight. And they essentially the points. tournament, which was top eight. And all top eight teams, regardless of their result, got points, which is ridiculous. And EG lost both games, went out in last place, got a bunch of points, and that's it. When teams like Godsend, for example, had to play the close qualifier and also actually won some games, but got zero points. So that's essentially based that plus very, very narrowly getting to like a fifth place decider and then beating Extremum, who had much better results overall. If you look at the placings at RMRs, they had more points because of because of this thing. So, but it's it's amazing. It's, it's just it's amazing. insane. Yeah, that that, that is a, such a big outlier among all these teams. Like, of course, you can kind of like point to mistakes in the in the RMR format, but this is like an obvious fuck up. Like, there's nothing nothing else you can call that. Like, that's just terrible. Well, considering how EG have been performing as of late, right? And this is one of the things. The only reason that EG has been on the screens for a lot of you guys who are watching at home right now in Tier 1 tournaments is because they're a partner team. Their results and the type of Counter-Strike that they've been playing and the roster moves here, there, and everywhere have not made them a competitive team whatsoever. But 
I guess they get an opportunity now to right that wrong, right? Because if they go into the major now, stands back, breezes back, me who's here, he's been there for a while, Oboe's in this one, Cirque, you know, there's all these conditions. If they can get themselves back in fighting shape for the major and then they perform well, I'm not going to say everything is going to be forgotten because mm -hmm. I know what we're saying here, right? This team is a, considered skipping the entire first stage, but we have to remember what that was based upon, right? And honestly, I don't think, like, Maybe you could say, oh, yeah, maybe this other team from the North American RMR should have gone straight into Legends. I don't think any other North American team should be there, right? Like, realistically, the Legends spot should be somewhere else. It should maybe be for CIS. It should maybe be <laughs> right. for EU. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not like any other North American team would have been more deserving, even if Taco's boys or Payne's boys, for example, uh, had gotten more points in earlier RMR events. Regardless, I think we'd all agree the region probably doesn't deserve more than two slots with how it stands right now but that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes that's just how we find ourselves right now and if they are going to be as bad as what we think they are then they're just going to get dumped and get knocked out first and then that's why that slot redistribution i was talking about might come into play because i'm assuming if you lose all your games and you don't get a lot done that will hold certain weight um are there any other teams here that that we want to dive in because i don't know which direction to take this boys we could go anywhere with this right now I mean, right there's can, so much uh, we could talk about and i guess we can start with who missed out that's like one way to do one where one place to start just because of like there's some obvious some very obvious names right like in europe it was og it was complexity and it was i'm missing one team that i have to check back actually fanatic fanatic there you go that was like the, the third big name the that FBX kind of like missed out well. The only sure. one of those, though, right? Like, and this is open to anybody to answer to. Complexity going through a shitload of roster woes. So even if you think that maybe Investor Threes they might have done better or not, like I don't even think that's the conversation. The conversation is Cold Zero just joined this team. Config mm. just got injured. They've been through the ringer in terms of roster changes. Should they beat like the Movistar Riders? Should they beat Co Copenhagen Flames? Yeah. Like, do they deserve to be there more than those teams? That's a question that I think is subjective. The same with uh, Fnatic. Lots of roster changes moving away from Swedish Counter Strike. The name is the bigger loss. Right, the name of those yep. teams is the bigger loss. Is yep. the team themselves a team that you think, like anybody here, and Taco, maybe you got a soft spot for complexity with Cold Zero here, but uh, any of those teams, do we think that like they had a realistic chance of going deep within the major, other than OG, right? Because OG is the one that we, I, I, I'm glad yeah, to go. That yeah, is a okay, big loss. they missed out, but they also choked to get out of IEM Cologne against Renegades. So, like. Are, are we putting the complete blame uh, like on this on the format? Are, are we? Are no, we no, no way, no way. It's just like they fucked up at the IM fall, right? There, there's nothing like obviously if you're not going to place well at either of the RMR events, like that just means you're out. Like that's that's just how the how it goes in this, this system. Chances. Like of course you can make the yeah exactly. Like if you can make the the argument that like this system should be different and like just based on what they did at, in other events should be enough for them to make the major because they're like good enough to be there, right? Like, that makes sense, but obviously, like they fucked up where it mattered. Like that's the that's where it, where it comes down to essentially. I know and what happened. What happened? What happened? What happened is that. Please, guys, don't. It's just a joke. Don't oh, attack yeah. someone. Uh -huh. I'm. I mean, it's for the chat. We were playing. We were playing practicing Europe, and we were practicing against OG, and they were destroying us on practice. And uh, one of their players, I'm not gonna say the name. One of their players Nico? bought uh, M something, forty nine something, and started to run around the map. And I got really mad at it because I think it's really disrespectful, especially because uh, I was it, it was practice and I was practicing against uh, I was practicing with my guys, you know. 
And for them, it was something like, oh man, we are practicing against OG, oh holy shit, you know? It's a nice team to practice against. And he he did that. So what happened is karma. Okay. Karma is All you guys say is not is is not true. It's all this about karma. karma. Okay. <laughs> Superstitious over there, Taco. I see how it is. Fair well that I, I, I mean think there's the... no denying that this team hasn't been like consistent enough to to prove that they can go like far at the major. Like obviously we know that the potential is there. We know that the, the changes should have had an effect, but like the, the reality is that they, they haven't really shown that yet. Like yeah. obviously they have some they have some bright spots, but it's not like a team that we expect to be top four at that at like any other event, right? Like they're I, top I, ten right now in the ranking, but you know, they they're fluctuating a lot. So it's just when you compare it to the rest of the field, right? I think that's yeah. the thing. Is when you compare it to right. the rest of the field and you consider some of these other names who are here, it's like, okay, well, would OG beat them? Yeah, probably. So this is the thing though. It's like our event, the major, is it's not we don't just get the 24 best teams in the world. We get like maybe 16 of the best teams in the world. And then we get really good regional representation, mm -hmm. right? And and I think that's part of the fun is to have the regional representation. Because I think as people saw today with Lin Vision, for example, are going up against G2, uh, it's good good to have that story. Like, it, it can be an exciting story. Um, I think another standout here has to be Copenhagen Flames. Lucas, can you play this for, for the viewers at home? Um, you should be able to now. This is the what Danish talking... national anthem. No, no, no. This is what I was. This is what I was talking about earlier. Um, and this is this is their reaction. In case you guys missed it, this was called oh, okay. by I, I suppose their social media on on the phone. Um, and just this here, like being at the event and getting to to feel the vibe. Right, you could tell for the likes of Fiend. Unfortunately, they didn't make it. Uh, obviously, Copenhagen Flames. We we we've had these underdog na uh, names like the, the Movistar Riders is another example. Ents don't fit into the same bucket, but those three teams you could feel for these guys like the air of importance, right? And and when they won, like just the pure release of of the joy that you feel to do something which you you, you slave over every day, you love it. Like Counter Strike is the obsession, and this is the pinnacle. Like this is the the top of that mountain. Um, so like to see this, this kind of, as I mentioned before, like humanized it all a bit for me because we've just been in studios for the last two years, right? We haven't really had uh, much contact with the players. So this here reminded me like what the fuck it's all about. And to see this reaction was was really quite like heartwarming. Um, so Copenhagen Flames getting there and another Danish name. Um, like Lucas, with the, with some of those youngsters, are they, are they names that have come through your league that you run? Like Zyphon and, 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 and Yabby and those guys, are they names that are... Uh, at the top of your list? I mean, they they played in it, yes. I'm Even Copenhagen Flames was in the league for a few yeah. months ago. But that, that's the thing, right? This is a team that is the grassroots that we were talking about. That um, Every time I spoke to Roy about uh, at the event, he was mentioning like the org and like how good they are and stuff like that. And it, it's crazy, crazy to see. Even with, like I don't know how many of the games you boys caught, caught, but Roy's 27 and he was like the fragger. And I'm talking to him and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, like I just played more DM. Like that's what he, you know, he wants to, he wants to be a fragger. So that one right there was was probably a standout for me. Um, who else? We I got mean, here? the I mean the complexity thing is kind of interesting still, even though we we kind of skipped on it. I mean, I did make that prediction saying that they would do worse with Colzera than with NATO Suffix, which I won't boast with now because who knows how they do with NATO Suffix? Maybe they just go like oh five. Yeah, but things didn't look look great and this whole like striker did an interview with cold zero he's i wanted like, to talk about that he yeah. is now the entry fragger uh, what do you what do you think about that one taco it seems uh seems impossible to me yeah i i 
I know code from being a totally different player uh, from entry fragger. I was his entry fragger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's it's crazy. It's uh, it's not crazy, but it's it's weird to, to see code as a as an entry fragger. I think he his role is is really different from from that. At least from what I understood. But I I it's it's for me it's kind of difficult to to talk about complexity because I, I didn't watch a single game of complexity in this tournament. Uh, and also I didn't watch. I, I didn't see how code did. Uh, in the games, I think he played. Uh, at least from what I heard and from what I read, I think he he did great, right? He did okay, diamond, for sure. Yeah. yeah, he did well. Uh, but it's not uh it's not about it. It's not about uh, performing well. It's about how the team would look adapting a player like Code in their system, right? So uh, I don't. I I'm not sure if they have the if they are they are with the right idea having Code as the entry fragger. But I'm not inside the team. I'm I'm not there. You know, their analysts, something like that. So, <laughs> right. Any big change? I mean, there, I reckon. Chad, like, yeah. I, the thing is, like, when I did that interview, when, when he gave me that answer that, like, the idea was for him to be the entry, I had to yeah. kind of, like, do a double take just because, like, looking at their game, he's not an entry. No. He's, no. I don't he's like think you can, like, bit, you can't get away bit. with calling yourself an entry with the positions that he has because, like, most of the time, if you look at their team and how they play, it's blame FRS attack, kind of creating the space. And then Poison's obviously the opera. He's just going to get into a lot, a lot of opening duels and stuff like that. But like Cold is like, unlike JKS level opening stats, you know, and like even if you look at the games, like it's always blame F and, and Ness attack kind of like being the guys in front, maybe just trying to open up sites and stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't know where this categorization even came from. So I, that, that was like the confusing part to me. Like when I was doing that interview, like, I was so confused just because I was like, am I looking at complexity entirely wrong or am I just crazy? And they're not actually using code the way that he says they are. Maybe there's like, that's like kind of like the pl plan and he's still trying to adjust to it. Like, sure, I can understand that because he's not really an anchor. Like, that's that's fair enough. Like, he's not really the player. He's also not in the positions that he would have been uh, in previous teams. So I, I guess there is a change, but I don't think you can get or categorize it as an entry. Yeah, I think this team is on a timer. I think uh, end of the year, probably a couple of other roster changes. I think they probably need to rebuild. Now, I think it's probably a good place for like Peacemaker and Cold to start something new if they wanted to and pick whoever they want. I was talking to, um, we did a piece, I don't know if you guys saw it on the broadcast, but it was uh, a piece about like the roster changes that never were. So we asked about, you know, trying to unscrew the lid and get people to talk about some stuff like that that was rumored that mm. we never came to fruition from years ago, right? Like the the flamey and the simple one to, to the Brazilian roster was one of those. But another one um, was asking Cold and, and Peacemaker about this team. And he mentioned that at one point when they were thinking about building a team that JKS was on the list of players that they would like to play with, which I thought was was interesting, right? And the way that I see this going at the end of the year with the Australis potential split, right? Who the fuck knows what's going on there? You've obviously got Blame, FNS attack, two other names who might be uh, up for conversation on on Danish top teams. Um, that, yeah, complexity, especially not making the major now, like they have so much room to work and do whatever they want. I hope that they spend the time and decide what direction they want the project to go instead of treading water and trying to plug gaps. Because at this point, rip the Band-Aid off. Like it's fucked. Like mm. ever since Oba left, it's been fucked. And that's not any fault of their own. Like Poison having issues, Confit getting an injury. These are all things that have just happened, right? And this shit builds up. So it's at some point, you have to consider what's the best option. I think keeping key pieces, letting people who want to go, go, and building something new is, is probably the way for them. But that's probably a couple of months. I mean, off. the the problem is like, if you want to do the goal that you'd like uh, a combination with Astralis way, like obviously that's the, that's the, 
that's the obvious route just because of you know the Dupree and attack connection and like them probably wanting to not even probably they just said that they would like to play together at some point right so like that's that's an angle right that but reminds me of Colzera and Nico <laughs> rough probably not as volatile uh yeah exactly but like when you do that that becomes that basically becomes a danish team right and yeah. that's I mean, obviously, they already were like with Config kind of coming into the oh, not Config, but Esetak coming into this team, well, they would have had three players. Them, so. What, sorry? Config is joining them. You mean Astralis? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I'm, I'm just saying that they already had like a three man core. They just never really got to play together because of this uh, stuff sure. uh, happening around Config. But that's that's obviously going to create some issues. Like, that's I'm, I am one of those people who aren't really happy about like having a team with three players with the same nationality having to speak English. If it's not their first language, so mm. it's it just it will inevitably inevitably create some issues, right? Like it's very hard to get over that, I I would imagine. So like that's something that I wouldn't want to see. So it's almost like, do you want them to just go full Danish and just like pick up like a Valde from OG and just yeah. just go go some somewhere like that route, right? Lots of talent, lots of yeah. lots of people to pick. From. But there, there's obviously a way for them to just become Dan become fully Danish. Does Complexity want that? That's also like another another question. Peacemaker could even stay. He's had experience with uh, playing with Danish, Dan yeah. fully Danish rosters. So like that, there's a lot of ways for Complexity to go, and they just all they have to do is wait for the major and see how how things go. And I think that's kind of what they're thinking is at the moment. Um, Coldzera even said, like in that interview, that when I asked him about the future with Complexity, that like he wants to give them a real shot, but he also has like other opportunities, other offers that people have come to him with, with, and he's waiting to see what happens at the major uh, and uh, after it, what kind of roster changes we're going to see from from various teams. So like this, there's the, the future is clearly very open with Complexity, and that makes perfect sense. Cool. All right, a couple of other big ones here. Obviously, Mouse Sports, Prof, and FaZe making it through by, I want to say, no doing of their own, but they had to win a couple of games or lose a couple FaZe, of games, FaZe but they did, made it. FaZe did something, I yeah. say. Mouse Sports, not really. Well, FaZe had to win both those matches, right? They had to, yeah. and, and they did that, and they stepped up to the plate, and we saw some really good stuff out of Rain, some vintage Rain. Uh, Twist looking really good. Uh, I, I think it was good to see, and I'm glad that FaZe made it to the major because I think not having FaZe at the majors is like, I wouldn't put them in the same boat as OG. Not having OG, yeah. okay, they're still marinating. Phase, these guys are ready. They, I want to eat. Like I'm, like, you know what I mean. So, uh, it's good that good to see them get through. Mouse Sports, I don't know how they made it through. I guess that was by them having so many points previously, yeah. right? They're just by the Pretty skin much. of their teeth in that one. So those guys, they're. Uh, I, I'm not sure if they're surprises, but they're definitely names to be to be nice on the list. Um, yeah, I don't know where to go with this, boys. I'm kind of like we have so the, much to dive into. It's just like it's hard to to pick a direction. One team, one team I'd like to just you know, I don't give a shout out to is big. I think I don't know what it is about them, but I always felt like majors are kind of like where they thrive and kind of that like whenever there's something really big on the line, like big is where a uh, big kind of steps up. So I'm kind of glad that they made it almost even over somebody like OG, just because of OG being this uh, this kind of volatile team. So that's like another name that I'm. That even though people might not see as like a big favorite or anything like that, or, or a team that should be going really far, I think they're they've always done something solid at majors. I want I know that I'm talking in front of Taco here, who's been kind of like at the receiving end of uh, of a big run over in the the last PGL major. Um, but that's that's kind of like how I see how I see big and kind of like a good major team. I would call them. Cool. Okay. Uh, what do you th think, Taco? From teams that we have here, what do you is there anything that like a, a team that is exciting that to to see them at the major perform. 
Man, I was really hoping for FaZe because I think they have a, a good team and they it seems like they're working really hard too. So I was really hoping for FaZe to qualify, which is, and it's nice they, they did. Uh, other teams that, I think the CIS teams, they are in a great moment uh, for them. I think they're gonna, they're gonna be, uh, they're gonna be difficult for everyone in the major i think the cis teams will be will be there to you know on the heads and i see navi as the favorites which is yeah. also crazy sure. yeah right uh let's see if they can finally win this major i'm also uh supporting navi in this one and you're playing uh, there Darko. surely you want to beat him yes that, yeah and then <laughs> the third one is godsend of course the the favorite the big favorite of the major <laughs> the team that will probably win against navi right how do you think your boys are going to go on land oh yeah that's that's something we have a we have a really good thing thing in our, in our team that we are really open to talk about everything you know and mm. we are we are really open to talk about chokes and when we feel nervous or when and of course being at land is a topic that we discussed already uh i think that we would be from my experience and knowing the players that i have next to me uh i think we're gonna be good i think i think it's gonna be fine uh we we still have this uh lack of experience in our team and we, you can feel it i could feel it especially in the in the last weeks where we played a lot of grand finals and uh, big matches uh maybe for you guys it's, it's not big matches but uh for them for us, for our team, uh, DreamHack Open Grand Finals is, is a great, is a big moment. Uh, is something to be nervous about and is something to be anxious about. And uh, in these moments, I even though I felt that it, that we had this lack of experience, I also felt that it's just lack of experience, you know? Like as, as soon as we get it, as soon as we get used to big moments and to clutch moments, to uh, big stages and playing against great teams and playing grand finals, semifinals, whatever. As soon as we get this experience, I think we're gonna be we're gonna be totally fine, like online. I don't think we're gonna be, you know, a problem. I don't think it's gonna be a problem for us and for the young players. Maybe the first ones. Yeah. What's the what's the realistic goal here? Obviously, you guys aren't like you were making fun of, you know, being the favorites and stuff like that. You guys aren't exactly in the conversation to make it to the playoffs. But like, what's the realistic goal for you guys? What would you be happy with? To be really honest, I believe in my team, and I, I think we are playing uh, a CS that uh, is not random. Like I told you guys at the beginning of this conversation, uh, it's not. We, we are not playing random CS. We are not playing. Uh, we are not just running on the map and killing everybody because we have super skilled players. No, it's not like that. We have a system. We believe in our system. Uh, we 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 have a way of playing CS, and we 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 always stick with this way. And uh, if I believe if we play like the way we played against Liquid, for example, uh, this RMR, I think we have chances to, to surprise, maybe get to the top eight or I don't know. Uh, anything can happen in my mind, uh, to be really honest. Of course, winning the, the whole thing could be maybe delusional. <laughs> but, uh, That's a good word. 
yeah but i i have to i have to believe and i have to to fight for it i mean i know it's difficult i know it's uh i mean it's delusional it's crazy blah blah but i have to believe and i have to at least try and do my best to to win the tournament and uh but i think the goal that would make me satisfied and happy about would be uh top eight being top eight would be already my god that's that's a dream for me. That's really nice. But of course, I'm gonna be playing to win, and I'm gonna do my best to to win the the whole thing. Of course. Mark, I wanted to ask a a quick one here, right? Because you talk about the players that you learned from in the past, right? In terms of in-game leadership, obviously, fallen first name at the top of that list, and then all the experiences you've had uh, with Liquid and, and whatnot. But in terms of today, right? Because I assume when you're picking up being an in-game leader, you have an idea of how you like to approach the game. Did you just stick with that or did you go and like look at whoever the top teams were at the time and try and model uh, this new team around that so it was was completely different to anything you'd done in the past? I tried to to build the team around the way I knew CS, okay. the way I learned CS, and also from the other experiences I had in the game. So it was a mix of everything I would say. Uh like for example playing playing for Liquid that didn't have a dedicated sniper helped me in this team because we also don't have a main helper. What what do we do, you know? So uh Fallen's way of thinking about CS for example. I came from this school, you know. That's that's how I learned CS. Uh that's the way I learned how to play CS. And that's the CS I like to play too. That's why when when I talk to FNX or Fallen or Code or Fur these guys, when we talk about CS, we we talk the same language because uh, that's the CS we we learn to play and that's the CS we we talk about, you know. And uh, this is not the this is not the CS we play because it's outdated, of course. It's I'm I'm uh, we are talking about 2016 or 2017, but that's the CS I, I learned, mm. and uh, after after years and months, you of course you you improve, you get experience, you you upgrade what you think, and that's that's the way we are we are playing CS right now, and I and th that this way I consider not random because I, when I say random, it's because nowadays we have a lot of teams doing. Uh, a lot of random stuff on the on the game and uh in the end the best team will always win the tournament and get a trophy but uh in the middle of the tournament a lot of stuff can happen nowadays in cs especially because teams are playing a lot of with a lot of random you know a lot of uh, taking a lot of risks and taking duels and uh, fighting for space and uh, there is this fight for space now in CS so crazy everyone pushing every uh, every spot and it's kind of crazy but that's that's not the CS we play you know we we like to play aggressive CS we like to play organized CS we like to play right CS you know right CS what we, what we consider right CS so. I, I'm getting to that point that Spongy get caught to, where you are talking and you just you don't even remember. <laughs> you what don't you're know talking where you're going. About. Yes, but yeah, that's pretty much it. When I when I say random is not, uh, because sometimes I when I sometimes when I say things when I when I talk about things I don't know the right way to say okay. what I want to say. You mm -hmm. know, so right or wrong or bad or 
perfect or whatever is is not you know when I say right CS it's not right CS a perfect CS it's just uh, the way I think CS should be played at least in my team you know yeah. Okay, let's do this, boys. Let's uh, transition into talking about Blast stuff because what yep. I want to do is I want to get to the playtime. I want to smash that out of the park as well. Now, um, as we move into this Blast showdown discussion, uh, strike, sorry, prof, fuck. Um, I'm going <laughs> to need your assistance here. On fr It's Friday, right? 6.30? Yes. Okay, so on Friday at 6.30, we're going to be live on this channel with the three of us and Lucas, and we're going to be streaming, uh, what match is it? Uh, OG Complexed. We're going to be streaming OG Complexity. Two very interesting teams. Yes, that we've just been talking about. Blast of, uh, uh, we're doing a co-streaming thing, I guess, is what we're, yes. what we're doing, right? Yes. So we're going to be live. Uh, we're going to cover the match. The three of us are going to be here. Uh, I want to open this up to maybe any players who are watching right now, if you guys are not practicing, uh, and any of you want to come by and sit here and shoot the shit and talk Counter-Strike as we watch those games together. Um, hit any of us up right dm us whatever yes. we'll work it out you can come by it's just gonna be probably team speaking nice. we can join in and have a bit of a chat but um we're gonna probably cover off some more about the major stuff then anyway because we're gonna be just having a chat so uh that's just for everybody friday 6 30 maybe even a little bit before that's just one to keep our eyes on eyes and ears on um but yeah let's get back underway with this uh mm -hmm. we're gonna be talking about the blast showdown bracket now uh lucas i want to throw this one your way today pain uh, got eliminated by og uh, that was one of the matches I saw. Obviously, Lin Vision, uh, the Chinese representation, uh, were in play as well. Now, um, maybe we can we can start there. Uh, does anybody here know much about Lin Vision? Because no, but seriously, because no. I, I try to keep a little bit of a tabs on the Chinese counter right. X Pro, for example, with the coach they have Vadim, I think it is. Yeah, they were playing yeah. together a while ago, and I'm actually quite curious, and I need your two the help. Is do you think Far East? or even Southeast Russian Counter-Strike is going to have more of an impact. Like it's like, like a trickle down effect now because Russia's at the top with CIS. Now we can trickle that down because I played with some guys in face at pugs, no joke, who are playing on 110 ping from that part of Russia. And they're fucking sick. Like they understand Counter-Strike. I reckon that's trickling down into China. No G up. Like, cause yeah, they have I mean, those mixed teams, right? Yeah. Because they like, they have no other option because they can't really play with like the normal Russian teams because they literally like on the foot, like Russia is so big. Like you're, you're there's no way you can play like from moscow to the other side of russia yeah. like, it's impossible so like of course they're gonna have to play in asia like that's also it's almost just as a fun fact it's almost kind of been a problem with uh, like some of these tournaments that basically have like nationalities uh nationality restrictions yeah there's been like some, some of these russians that. who are from that part of who are from that far far eastern part of russia like they can't play in those normal russian tournaments but they can't also play in the asian ones because the, those are sometimes country restricted so like that's actually been somewhat of a problem and like it's not the only way for them to actually get into these tournaments so like of course that's something that should be solved so it, of course yeah there's nothing else for them to play so why not pretty crazy though that like that is the way that it's going and i think it, it's going to have a real positive effect on on the region if that is the case um but anyway so i've, I've linked the the bracket to lucas there's already been a bunch of matches played heroic beat poggers dignitas over fiend they had quite the comeback on uh, on nuke i believe it was yeah, uh, we also had uh, complexity over MIBR today. Taku, the new boys in MIBR. Do you do you have any any info on those guys? The 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 roster now: Bolts, Wood Seven, Exit, Turtle, and I don't know how to say this guy's name. Br. It should be Cello, by the way, but he's not he's not with the team right now. Okay, well, Brnz4. Yeah, how do so you guess, pronounce that name? We can yeah, start with that. Uh, it's uh, for us. It's Brnz. 
Oh my god, there's no way. It's, it's bear yeah. hyena. Okay. Okay. Bear hyena. Bear okay. hyena. I'm not even gonna try. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> well, we're fucked. We can't. But you can call him Bruno. Bruno. Okay, okay that I can okay. say. That's easy enough. It's, it's a short for BRN is a short for Bruno, the okay. name Bruno, you know, probably. Bruno. So, yeah, Bruno is easier. But I, I, I don't, uh, the only one that I, I, I practice against wood yeah. and uh, turtle, because when I was in Brazil, that's, yep. that's the only in Bravo. two. Oh. I, yeah, of course, I know, of course, I know boats. So I don't, I don't think we, we, we have to talk about him. Yep, yep. But the other players, Turtle, I know that he was playing for Daytona. He played the ESL Pro League in yes. Odense. He he has some kind of experience already. Uh, the other guys, I think they are super super young. Like I never heard about about them to be to be really honest. Like I never, I never 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 really heard about them. It's probably so... a good move that this team rebuilt though, right? Because the other MIBR team with like Yell and SHZ and all those guys, like they they just they had been in North America for a long time, mate. Even like when just after you guys first went there, right? Those boys came up. Yeah, they and... they they were on the road for a long time, man. People people always thought that they were young, not young, but a new team or something like that. But hmm. they are they were on the road for a really long time. Yeah, it's a, a bit of a shame it didn't work out there, right? So just looking at this bracket, Taco, let's get your uh, your professional opinion here because I'm sure there's a lot of these names that you've played against with your time in Europe, right? Who do you think is going to top each side of these brackets? So the top side, obviously, we still have left Heroic, Dignitas, Complexity, OG. The bottom side, uh, there's a few more names, but VP, uh, Liquid, and G2 are probably the standouts, right? I don't think there's maybe the Movistar Riders is the, another name that might come into the mix for topping. But which, which teams do you think are going to go all the way? I can link you the bracket if you. Yeah, I'm. Oh, I was trying to. to I'll find send it, it to you here. There we go. I just sent it to you on Teamspeak. Um, but yeah, seeing seeing how these are laying out here, there's uh, one side of the bracket. Taco looks a bit scarier than the other side of the bracket to me. <laughs> Which one? <Through> that. <laughs> Which one? Through that. The top. The one, bottom yeah. side. There we go. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. No, definitely the bottom side. Liquid, no, no, G2, okay. and VP. Oh yeah, I yeah. was. Yeah, I'm talking shit. I don't even know what time it is, boys. I, I look, it's all it's all falling apart here. But who you got, Taka? Who's going to be top on each side of these brackets? Because two teams go through to the arena. Well, Dignitas don't sleep on Dignitas. Okay. Even though people sleep, uh, on sleep on Dignitas, don't sleep on Dignitas. I think they are playing good chess. I think they have a they have a good chance. Heroic are the favorites, of course, of course. I think that is no discussion about it. And then we have complexity and OG. This game will be will be a difficult one. I It'll think be fun. for yeah, will be fun. <laughs> I think for the moment, it's it's so hard to predict. Sorry, guys, it's so hard to predict no, that's this fair one. You 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 have a really difficult job. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just realizing now. It's 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 crazy. Yeah, I, I I if I had to bet, I would say that in the bottom side, we will see. Liquid and G2. Okay, that's nice. Maybe, maybe if Liquid is not doing really well, is not playing great, blah, 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 then VP. Then I believe in VP. Okay. I think VP VP is a team that, man, they they play really nice chess. I really like to watch VP demos and I really like, like to watch VP matches and it's so nice to watch them play. But it's so weird that uh, sometimes they are playing like gods and 
all of a sudden they're not playing like gods anymore, you know? It's crazy. I don't know. I really like VP. I really enjoy watching VP. I always think they're going to do great in tournaments, but I I see myself kind of disappointed. Uh, how does uh, VP, VP and then Yakindar, how does that mesh with your uh, your view on the game and consistency and like not doing random moves? How, how do you... Well, is there a correlation there? Does it mix, or is, or are they doing like something completely different? Well, they have they have their system. They have the system they believe and they play. Yekinda is a very aggressive player, and uh, he creates the space for his team. I think that it's. I, I don't think it's dumb to play the way he plays. I think it's. I actually think it's. I mean, if they if they need someone to do that, he's being this guy, and he's doing great in what he needs to do. Uh, but I don't think, uh, I don't think VP they play around it. You know, they play around Yekindar's uh, informations or Yekindar's skills. They they have they have other stuff to 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 think about and to you know to they have they have also great players around them. They have James. They have they have assistant. They have they have other stuff to 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 do that is not only Yekindar going first and. Uh, doing something crazy, you know. I think it's. I I I I wouldn't say VP is a team that play uh, random CS. I think they, even though they take a lot of gambles in the uh, in the city sides, even though they have Yekindar super aggressive player, I I, I would I, I wouldn't say uh, VP is a team that play random CS. And also, I'm not some kind of uh god oh, I, I am godsend <laughs> <laughs> but i'm not so kind of god to say who is playing right or like i'm telling you guys i hope i hope it's not the impression i'm leaving just because sometimes that it feels like the vp just send out low they just send out the there and just like see how it goes and then okay we're just gonna play a 4v3 situation now because yakindar just got us <laughs> two kills like that's basically how vp play like they're just leaving yakindar to do his thing and then reacting based on when he dies and how many people he takes with him. And that's how we, they play out the rest of the situation. If we look in the past, we had, uh, we had, for example, in SK, we had Fur. Fur yeah. would be this guy, right? Doing, but not we as never, crazy, but yeah. Yeah, not as crazy. But we never played around Fur. You know, we played with Fur. We know that he's a super aggressive player and we're not going to play for him, but we're going to help him to, 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 to make what he's doing very effective you know so if you if you when i talk about like random for example if you look at fur you think that what he was doing in the past was random he was just doing crazy stuff and pushing every, everywhere but it's not like that but fur is someone really smart like in the game he knows and also phelps i i have one of of these guys in my in my team too phelps phelps is one of these players he he's super aggressive but we don't play around Phelps. We play. We don't play for Phelps. We we just have a player that has the style, and we adapt. We you know, we adapt the calls. We we I I personally I let Phelps do whatever he wants because uh, I know how he wants to play, and I know the way he likes to play. And if you have a player like that, and you hold this player, if you you know like you put like you a, a leash on him, a leash, on, a yeah. leash yeah, then. Then it's a problem. Then they they gonna be unhappy 
I heard I heard a lot of times for for example, you guys don't want me to play the way I like. You guys don't want <laughs> me to keep pushing and killing people. Okay, I'm just gonna hold city spawn now. I'm gonna be city spawn. Because there's nothing else that you can do. You can either push to this spawn or stay yeah. at city spawn. There's yeah. nothing in between. You gotta find the middle ground. Fair you... game leader. We had one thing SK2, like uh in, we we used when Fallen was out of ideas, for example, he would say, Okay, this map Taco, you are the game leader. Fur, you are the game leader. So we could give him ideas, and you know, we we could share ideas. And then Fur, Fur, when Fur was the in-game leader, it was only push B. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, let's throw all the nades A and push A. <laughs> that, that's the cause. Just go B. <laughs> oh dear. I wonder. I wonder now that you're talking about Phelps. Obviously, there was like the whole. When Phelps and Fur were on the same team together, obviously there was kind of a clash in that way, just because Inferno of how you were. Yeah, for uh, example, that was funny, actually. That was That's actually a funny throwback. I, it was difficult for sure, but it's, I just re re remember that one round that threw you one game. I don't remember which one. Where just Ver felt. Virtus Pro? Was it Virtus Pro? I don't remember G which. But you just, like, they just pushed, banana. like, banana all the way down to middle. Like and both died, both died there, and it cost you the game, essentially. I just remember that one moment. But in general, right, like, they, as you were talking about it, I just realized how close they were to one another. I do feel like. Helps wasn't perhaps the right addition at that time, like just because of the roles clashing and just not, you know, being able to give him the space that he needed to to actually shine. Yeah, I, I always thought that. I always thought that uh, having two players with the same style in the team was not good. But then when Phelps joined the first time SK, we won a lot of tournaments with him, mm. you know. So I was wrong. Uh, we, it's actually possible to to win something with two players with the same role in a team, but what we did with Phelps is uh, back back in the SK days, we what we when he joined our team, we played one or two tournaments, and one of the tournaments was the DreamHack Vegas uh, finals grand finals against VP yeah. that we lost that grand finals to VP, and after that tournament it was actually good losing that tournament because. Uh, we came back. We came back home, and we talked about the tournament, and uh, we realized that Fur and Phelps playing uh, like unleashed uh, with the freedom they wanted to play wouldn't work because me, Code, and Fallen we like to play uh, organized CS. We like to play uh, holding and waiting, and you know uh, that's that's the way we like to play back in the days. But when Phelps and Fur joined the team, they gave us a different Rhythm. They, they, you know, they, they were playing in a different pace. And after this tournament, I'm saying that it was kind of good to not win this tournament because we came back and then we talked to Phelps and, and we said, uh, Phelps, you are really great at what you do. You are a really great player. The style you play CS is really nice, but we need you to be the player the team needs and not the player you you want to be. And of course, of course, this this style could could be for Fur or Phelps, but at the time was for Phelps because he was the younger one, the youngest ones, and, and Fur was in the team for, for a long time and he was one of the best doing what he he did. And so I don't and then after after this talk, after this tournament we we started to win again. We we had two or three tournaments that we did bad. But then we we were winning again after this talk, and that's why I think it was I, I think it was important to 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 have this kind of discussion and having Phelps 
replacing, not replacing, but having Phelps back in MyBR when we rebuilt the team. I think that it was a, it was a, it was a mistake. Yes, I don't think it was, I don't think it was good, and not because of Phelps, but because of this clash of roles, you know. And I think it was very bad for him because Phelps, at least I know him since 2015-14 in Brazil when we played CS in Brazil, and the guy was just a nightmare to everyone. Like he was so annoying to play against. Everyone would say he was cheating. Uh, he was so annoying. Phelps was so annoying to play against, and uh, I never had the chance to play with him, playing the same role he played in Brazil back in the days. I only played with him in MIBR, playing you know a different role, and in uh, in SK playing a different role too. Mm -hmm. So I never got to play with Phelps in his real role, doing the best thing he can he knows to do, and that's the first time in Godsend. And that's something I told him to, like when I when I joined the team, Phelps. Uh, I, I'm I'm someone that really believe uh, about roles. I think I think I, I think the work should have roles and should should be organized. And I, I have my I have my ideas about it. But I, I told him, Phelps, I never had the chance to play with you like in your role. And I think you are really great because the only memories I have about you are destroying everyone in this role like literally i'm not i'm not saying that because he is in, he he is in my team yeah. it, especially because i had my the, i have some problems with phelps in, in the past in 2014 or 15 we had some problems like playing in team to get teams together and of course it's in the past but i told uh, what i told him in god is phelps you play this you're gonna play your real role like you have all the freedom to do whatever you want in your role because i yeah. really believe you are really great at what you do and when i compare players like yekindar pelps elige fur all these super aggressive players i don't think phelps is bad is worse than any of these players i actually think he's better or the same level of these great players you know that's that's of course that's my opinion <laughs> so phelps and his role in mipr in my opinion, of course, was was wrong. Was not the was not uh, was not a good fit. I would say. Yeah, I mean, I can I can totally attest to what you were saying about him before MIBR. Basically, like when I remember him like playing Immortals and playing like some train games where he was just like constantly pushed up and electric and and just like playing around those smokes that usually would go go down and stuff like that. He was a god at that. Like he was amazing at it at the time. So like that's that was always something that kind of like bugged my mind and never really got answered. Uh, properly, right? So that's kind of an interesting throwback. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to I want to round out this with one important question here because uh, we're going to jump into the playtime and do this uh, next little fun game we have for you, Taco. And then if we have any viewer questions, we'll do those and then we'll, we'll be done. But Prof. Yes. I got an important question for you. The big match. Okay. It's a really big match, mate. Okay. Evil Geniuses versus Mad Lions. <laughs> Mad Lions. Yeah. Who's I mean, gonna win? who's going to win? The match was so hyped. It's so really hyped. hyped that they delayed it they wanted to like increase the hype they wanted to increase the hype levels at least like three times it's like yeah. when you when you don't jerk off for a month or something like that yeah 100 percent. So when it happened it was, it's amazing that's anticipation for the match yeah so that's what they're trying to do with this um, guys i really think eg has a they have a good lineup they have good players and they're just not playing yeah. very good at the moment yeah i i feel like when i when we were about to play them I went to their demos to, to study and etc. I saw I saw their players and uh, they 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 have good players, great players like Breeze, Cirque, 
they're great players, these guys. Mishu, you know? I don't know, uh, like, being honest now, it's... Of course, they are not playing well, etc. But they, they, they could have the potential to be a to be a good team, maybe. Eg, yeah, we just we don't know what's taken them. Like, obviously, they had the issues with Stan sitting out because he took an extended break. Breeze then took some time off. It's like to see them peaking is probably going to be like another six months if they were ever going to peak, right? And we've had a couple of other issues with the team where like Mihu would have a really good event. And then Prof would pick him in his fantasy team, and then me who wouldn't have a very good <laughs> event, right? So it's just the inconsistency right now that You're I think. this on me now. Okay, I, thank look, you very who much. picked me who in the fantasy team? I just want to make. I'll, I'll right. raise your I hand. Point, right. point figures. <laughs> <laughs> so all I'm just saying, all right. But this is the thing, like, e.g., for the stature of the organization, the issue right now is the performance of the team, and it hasn't been good. Really, it hasn't been good since early 20. No, actually, they did have a bit of resurgence last year. Let's say it hasn't been good since late 2020, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's probably fair. Um, yeah. and, and that's the thing is is we would like this team to do good, like we want Liquid to do good because it's a big org. It means a lot for the region. Um, it's just not doing very good right now. So, Prof, I need your official prediction. Who's going to win, Mad Lions or EG? Official prediction. Official prediction, <laughs> EG. <gasps> Me who top fragging. That's not official. All right. Official well, prediction. It's going to be the prof curse. Okay. So those of you listen to this, if if he's right and EG win, it's going to be the prof blessing. If they lose, it's the prof curse. And we're going to be running with whichever one of those happens on his predictions from this day forward. You okay with that, prof? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay. Seems, seems, seems. <laughs> seems great reasonable. power comes with great responsibility. <laughs> really confident. <laughs> I have okay. no problems with that. It's obvious what's going to happen. So, Prof, can you give everybody at home one last time the co-stream details? Because you, so you're, you're the master plan. Uh, Friday, uh, 6.30 CEST. So I don't know what that is in your time zone. You can recalculate. Uh, if you didn't know, you can just like type in Google like 18.30 CEST in Brazil. Like you don't even have to like put in the actual necessary. names of the of the time zones. And Google is going to find out and just give you uh, and just the result, which is amazing. Google or you can just or you can just find the game on HLTV. It's Complex TOG, and we'll be co-streaming that. So the three of us and maybe some other people, and we'll be probably talking a lot of bullshit in, in between games and uh, on on eco rounds, and then we'll be frustrated because people are saving or like someone doesn't buy one flash or that's my or, job. What are you talking about, mate? Don't make it yeah, so but we'll be even more annoying than on a normal cast because during a normal cast you have to be like oh professional you know, uh, official and like have a good time for everyone that's tuning in here you do, we'll just like find the smallest thing that happens in a round and just talk about it for like 10 minutes okay <laughs> all right that sounds like a plan all right guys friday get into that lucas uh do we need to play the bumper or can we just get into playtime we need to play it let's play the playtime bumper we'll be right back two seconds just guys And we're back. All right, we're going to get to the Paramatch Matchmaker. I was just explaining it to Taco. Let me continue to do so live on air. So basically, what we do with the Paramatch Matchmaker game, Taco, is there's going to be a link given to you. And on that link, there'll be two lists. I'm assuming Prof has built the list today with Brazilian Counter-Strike players would happen to be, Prof. How did you guess this? Yeah. So How? on one side, Taco, you're going to have Brazilian Counter-Strike players. On the other, you're going to have descriptive terms. So what we want you to do is we want you to pair them up and we want you to talk through your logic of, of why you've picked that name and that description. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, nice. It should be easy. So we got a link that we can look at and we can see for the viewers at home. And you have a link where you have the little boxes. So uh, at the top of the list, I'll read this for our audio-only listeners. We have FNX, Fallen, Cold Zero, Fur, and Zeus. And in the descriptive terms, we have want to defeat, underrated, has more to give, taught me the most, and hard to work with. Um, so yeah, whenever you're ready, Taco, start us off uh, wherever you want. Hmm. That's true. So oh. if one person fits multiple terms, you can select multiple. If one term you don't want to use, you don't have to use it. Deep contemplation here. Taco is not enjoying this. Here we go. We got one selected. Also, talk us through your talk us through your thinking, if you can. Taught you the most. That one seems pretty self-explanatory, right? Yeah. So, do you think, like, in terms, like, taught you the most because of the in-game leading aspect, or taught you the most as like a human in life as well? Like, just Counter-Strike related, everything related. Is Fallen really just a nice guy that everyone makes him out to be? Uh, he was my my mirror he was the my example that i followed when i followed when i started playing cs so uh, he was the one that i looked up to you know like okay. when i when i was when i was younger and when i came to his team to fallen's team uh he taught me a lot to like cs and uh a lot of reveals a lot of uh, trash talk, <laughs> like Taco. Why are you doing this, man? What are you, man? This is not. Are you a pro? What are you doing? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. In the beginning, that I thought that, that I still think was really important to my development as a player. You know, of course, in a in a good way because uh, he was when he was mad at me because I did something bad in game was always in a good way. So yeah definitely the one that taught me the most uh in game and uh outside the game as well i would say uh in, in terms of being a, a good professional and all this stuff okay nice all right uh who else we got here uh what about hit us with cold zero that feels like an easy one I didn't put mm. biggest baiter as one of the uh, <laughs> oh my God. one of the options, so I made it difficult here. Code. Would okay, you want to beat him? Let's uh, hard to work with. Oh no, but let's. I, I'm gonna explain. I'm gonna okay, explain. Okay, okay. The it's hard to work with code if you are. Uh, not as hungry as him Ooh, for the game. Okay. That's a good framing. If uh, I I used to tell that in Portuguese, but uh, when Code was the best in the in the planet, when he was you know chosen the the best, uh, when our practice was over, the old guys like Fallen, Fur, FNX, and the old guys, they they would just you know chill a little bit and. Uh, watch some stuff, and me and Code, we were the the young ones. We would uh, just stay in the computer and play more CS. And uh, one of one of the time, 
Code was playing deathmatch, and I was playing the same deathmatch, and I was there. And man, my hands were, I was not feeling my hands anymore. My eyes were burning. Uh, it was, I was really, my back was, you know, after six maps of practice, playing two hours of deathmatch, and I was playing. And I was like, man, this guy is not gonna leave the deathmatch. I'm just leaving <laughs> when he leaves the deathmatch because if he's the best player in the in the world, I have to play more than him. <laughs> so if I play less, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be shit. I have to. If he's the best, I have to play more than him. And and I and then I was playing and playing and playing and playing and playing and playing, and the guy was just there. Like he was normal. He didn't know this competition was it was going, going on. on you know? yeah. <laughs> it was just me and me and my mind. And then he 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 quit the deathmatch and hey Chaco, I'm going to the hotel. Are you going? And I said I looked at him. I was feeling destroyed. All I want was going to the hotel. And I told him, No, I'm playing more. <laughs> Just, just for the, you know. Did you keep playing? To... Yes. Oh my god, mate! But when he the left kitchen. the place, when he left the place, I instantly stopped playing. <laughs> but I'm saying that because he's super dedicated. Like at least he was, and he he hates when someone is not super dedicated, super, you know, super. I mean, motivated, invested in. Yeah. Yes. Upset. And he hates that. Yeah. Exactly. So that's when you're going to have problems with him, you know? That's when he becomes some someone hard to work with. But it's actually it's not a negative thing, you know? I I I, I always thought it was it was good because at least he 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 was pushing me in a way to work more. Mm. And I think it I think it was I think it's nice, you know? And I also saw like people, players like that that came to our team that didn't really like to work a lot, or uh, were playing all the games after practice, or were doing whatever uh, after practice, or were not really focused on CS as gold is normally. He would freak out and uh, he would be really mad. So, okay. if anything, yeah. seems like a good uh, good fit for Blameth, like. The, those Motivate two teams seem to be on the same track. I don't know. As you said, this was called Zira years ago, almost. And I know the same stories from the, from those days when he was winning the MVPs as simple as uh, nowadays, uh, just like every event, every other. So um, I don't know yeah, if it's I don't still know like how. that. Uh, yeah. But maybe maybe with someone like BlameF, maybe that fire is uh, reignited again. And then Yeah, I'm, I mean, the last time I played with Code was two years ago. Two, yeah. yeah, two years ago. So I don't, I don't know how how is he doing now. But... Based on that story, man, like I would be worried for for their for their teammates in complexity because Blamef and if if Blamef and Goldzir are exactly the same person in that dedication, like it's got to be really fucking hard to keep up with both of them. Yeah. At the same time, <laughs> like it already has to be hard to to uh, to deal with Blamef sometimes because of like he's just insatiable, right? Like that's just incredibly unique. Like you can't. You can't have that sort of dedication for everybody. Like nobody, almost nobody can keep that up. Like you can be the best, like one of the best players in the world, and you're still not going to be anywhere near that dedication. You know that. So that's kind of crazy to think about that two players could be could end up on the same team that are like that. Yeah, I I I saw players, for example, 
like Neff. Neff is not someone really obsessed like for CS. Yes, man, you have to brief CS. But he's one of the most one of the smartest players I've ever played with. Like he's this guy is he has some kind of gift. I don't know. He's super smart. And in my opinion, he's not someone like obsessed. Oh my god, I need to oh you know, like I need to to do that and that and that. He's just there working, doing his job and warming up and watching what he needs to watch and he's just there. He's not as obsessed as these players, for example, and still he's a great player. So I think it's just a matter of uh I mean, you know, like I don't think Play F could be the uh will be the best ever because he's obsessed with CS. Right. And I also don't think Nef Nefly will be shit because he's not obsessed with CS, you know. I think it's just a matter of you being you and that's it. Nice. Okay. Well, maybe the next one uh could sink nicely into that. What about Fur? I know that he necessarily maybe wasn't the the prat king, was he? He he enjoyed just playing the scrims. I've heard that statement a couple times. Hmm. Fur. Fur has more to give. Okay, that's a good way to take this. All right. Do, where do you think we're going to see Fur? Is he going to be? You think you'll go a Brazilian team? What do you think the route for Fur is? I think maybe in the future he's joining a Brazilian team. I think so. Okay. But uh, Fur, man, Fur is really is he's really good at CS, like really good. And when I say he has more to give, is that if the real Fur comes back, like if he if he really wants to 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 be the best, and if he really wants to to be a great player, he's definitely going to be it. He's definitely going to be a good player and going to be in a in a good team. But it's on him now. Let's see let's see what Fur brings to us. Maybe let's next year if he joins a Brazilian team, maybe an international team. I know he wants to play and uh he has more to give and I hope he can come back come back playing. Yeah, maybe it's what you were saying, you know, how like having these younger guys around you they had that fire again, right? So maybe first needing the same thing, just to be reminded uh, what it's all about, right? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Well, who else got left? Zeus and FNX. Okay. FNX. Let's go for FNX. Everyone's favorite. He's been on reality TV shows in Brazil recently, hasn't he? And the guy is a pop star. What? So what that reality TV show he's on, right? Is that like, I'm going to try and uh, pick an English show that some people might know, like a Love Island or something like that, like where he goes with a bunch of single dudes, a bunch of single ladies, you know, there's a bit of, bit of mingling going on, a couple of drinks I had. Like, what, what type of show was he on? That's exactly the, the show he's on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course it is, man. Like, it had to be. <laughs> Love getting oh, yeah. showed off. You can understand it. Does he come there and then say, like, uh, I was a professional video game player? Sure. And is that, that his... like... That's his thing. That's his, his yeah, pickup line, huh? Yeah. So good. <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, two majors, six uh, South American tournaments, 10 uh, Brazilian leagues, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Did it and work, now, though? 
and now I'm win. I'm the reality show whatever winner. You know, it's on Did his he award it? list. No, 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 he didn't. He oh didn't. fuck! I was gonna say, but, Jesus. But he was, yeah. If he was, but then the guy would be legendary. <laughs> I mean, he's already legendary, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. FNX yeah. is just FNX. <laughs> he's a, he's interesting to watch from like this side of the world, like seeing all the stuff he does with like NTC and everything like that, and and like you see him out and he's he looks he looks like he's having fun. Let's let's put it that way. He look he looks like he's having a good time. Okay. So, yes. Where does he belong then? Yeah. Yeah. What do we got? Uh, one to defeat or underrated? Oh, FNX. Yeah. Or maybe one of the other options. Man. Okay. I will say for FNX. He is hard to work with. Okay. He didn't taught me the most probably, but he taught me a lot. Okay. He's got a lot can of experience. Give... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can I... And before Fallen, I was playing Games Academy with FNX. Yes. And I also remember one clutch that I was playing, and he taught me, he gave me one tip, and then I used this tip since then. Can I'm you not tell us the tip? Oh. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you guys. <laughs> no, all right, all right, all right. He said, I was playing a one versus one, and I knew where the guy was. This is a very basic tip. I knew where the guy was, and instead of, and then I was running. To, to kill the guy, you know, I was just going like crazy to kill the guy, and then he, I lost the clutch, and then he stopped and he said, "Taco, man, you know where he is. Just wait. He's noob. He's gonna pick. Noobs always pick. They always pick. They go. He's gonna pick. Just wait. And then, the other day I was playing a clutch and I knew where the guy was and I just waited. I was just waiting. I didn't run. I was just waiting with my crosshair, just waiting, waiting. I waited like 10 seconds. The bomb was sticking and I was there waiting, just waiting. And the, the guy, he, he, he picked and I killed him. <laughs> and after that, I was like, yeah, man, this guy knows. <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows. And that's, that's, I mean, this is very basic and very little, right? But he taught me uh, a lot of stuff like in the uh, more deep stuff like in the game so i, I will give fnx to taught me the most too okay not only not only for fallen but fnx too okay nice and then uh zeus the coach to round out the mob where does oh zeus man stand? i'm gonna get, I have to put taught me the most again <laughs> <laughs> and has more to give and that's it has more to give because I think Zeus is a great coach. Uh, he's a great person as well. And I think sometimes uh, being a great coach is not only enough. Being a great coach is uh, you, need, you need to be a good person too because you need to understand how to manage people and players. So Zeus, he's, he's really good at it. Uh, uh, he's not only good at the game. He has good ideas. He's a good coach. Uh, he brings stuff for the team, but he he knows how to manage people and how to manage players and egos and uh, all this stuff. He's really good at it. So uh, I think he has more to give. And at the end, he taught me a lot too. And one of another story that I have about Zeus is also in Games Academy. 
uh, when I joined LG, they were really, they were not satisfied with Bolt's at, at the time. They were feeling bad about Bolt's performances. And I played a tournament in NA, RGN, and we, where we played against Kingwin, uh, a Polish team, a mm -hmm. uh, Polish lineup of Kingwin. And uh, the map was Cobblestone, and Zeus, he created a smoke on the B plat, a own-way smoke. And I was, I was the B player, uh, the B holder on the T side. And LG, all, all the guys like Fallen, Fur, Cole, they were watching the tournament. And with this smoke, I destroyed Kingwin. I got a lot of kills and I, I had a really great match. And after the game, they came to, LG came to talk to me and to say, hey, we watched you. You're playing really, really nice. Congratulations. Uh, we really need someone uh, really aggressive as you. We really need an entry fragger in our team doing the doing the holding the spots you hold. We need we really need someone like you. So uh, in the end, it was all because of Zeus' smoke that he taught me. So he that is a joke between me and him. He always says tells me, Hey Taco, if it was not for my smoke, you wouldn't be here, you know? <laughs> Something like that. So he taught me a lot. Also Zeus when he was a professional player, he used to be a B anchor. So I'm a B anchor too. And when he was my coach, we used to talk and share stuff and and discuss the, the B bomb sites and uh and, and he, he used to teach me a lot of approaches and aids and plays and you know stuff that uh he thought I could could be could be good for my game. So Zeus taught me a lot and uh not only in game outside the game too he's a good professional so I think he's one of the one of the the person that taught me the most. Okay. Nice. Couple of good mentors there for you, mate. All right. Well, that wraps up the Parimatch matchmaker game. And uh, now we're just going to get into some viewer questions. And then I think we're done. Now, Prof, I look to you. How was the mailbag? I have. There is like actually a shit ton of questions of on course. Instagram, especially. But most of the things that we kind of covered in one okay. way or another, it was a lot of like, ah, uh, godsend, blah, blah. Talk about for talk about, you know, all of the things that we kind of covered. But there is this one topic that's kind of hot topic these days, which is about the stickers. Oh. and player signatures and we have taco here he's going to the major like can you give us any insight because we had a bit of information that some some teams didn't send anything and some north american teams i heard sent something so did you send your stick like your signature for the sticker or will we have will we have player uh, stickers i don't need i know my teammates they sent but i don't need to send anything because right. i played the your... uh last measure and I have already the the signature. I would have to 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 do something if I if I wanted to change my signature. And yeah. and this is a topic topic that I'm not uh really into. Uh, uh is that is that true? Like teams missing No, uh, I think I think it was just a confusion because like Valve I think left it until quite late to ask the teams and only waited after they qualified while well, before they kind of asked everybody who could qualify and then like just use them when they did right so like that's the that's the problem i think they just waited until after the armors happened to ask some of the teams who qualified or like everybody every team who qualified and that's why there was such a confusion about like whether there would be player stickers or not oh, i think they, i think they're they, gonna exist yeah i think they can we yeah. can we can pretty much safely say that they will that they will happen because i've heard from multiple players now that they have uh, asked them to it, put them in so it'd be man, very strange yeah i i don't know 
I don't know why the communication with uh, Valve is so difficult to. It's. I mean, I didn't know that to be honest, but it's. Right. It sounds kind of ridiculous in a way, right? I was leaving the like it's a couple of weeks out and stuff like that. God knows man, how long this it is takes the them. Biggest tournament of the game. Yeah. This is a fucking major. Like take care of it. Yeah. I I, I think uh, I think the the confusion came about because I think it was the European players who weren't sure, but they were only all recently qualified, right? So let's assume Valve went back yeah. to work. Like they would have been watching. The social media manager was definitely watching. They're going back to work Monday. Like I don't know how long. I'm not a graphic designer, but I'm sure it, it's probably not the most difficult task they have ahead of them right it's probably not easy but it's probably not the most difficult task so i think it's maybe people just really wanting the stickers and a little bit unclear on the communication so hopefully that works itself out is there anything else prof uh there's a question would you be a pro player uh, if you wanted to could you be a pro player i saw you had a 3.3k elo sponge this Who? is for you this oh, is for you sponge we're asking taco questions right now mate we don't no, i don't no. want to play a counter strike i'm too shit i'm too old 32 mate He's 32. losing his eye as well. There's something in his eye. Yep. He can't see. He's old. So Tired. nothing's going to happen there. No, I, that, I think we covered we covered everything for Okay, Taco. nice. All right, well, Taco, I want to do this, mate. Normally, at the end of the show, I let a player you know, say whatever they want. So if you want to thank the, the fans, you can do it in Portuguese. You can do it in English. You can say whatever you want right now, mate. What, when's the next time we're going to see Godsent? You know, what, is it going to be the major? You've got a lot of things on the horizon. What, when are you flying to Europe again? Lots of things. Yes. So uh, we are flying to Europe in five days. We're going to be boot camping and preparing for the tournaments that thank God are coming. Big tournaments for us to play. And uh, because we, we won the the IM Winter Qualifier, so we're gonna have the IM Winter to to play in EU, which is nice. It's it's gonna be the first tier one tournament we 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 played as a as Godsend. Uh, so I'm very excited and looking forward for that. Uh, in Europe, we're gonna be. I think we're gonna be in Europe for till the till the end of the of this year. Okay, now. nice. We we're gonna be there practicing and playing tournaments. Then we're gonna play the major. Then we're gonna play IM Winter. Maybe we play one or two online tournaments to get more experience and uh, as a team and as a player too. Uh, after that, we're gonna be in Europe, like I told you guys, and we're gonna pretty much play everything that we can play and uh, prepare the most we can to, to for the for this second season of the year. I mean, for us, it's the second season is only starting now, so <laughs> because we, that's that's when we got spots to, I mean, spots in big tournaments to play. So that's when the year is starting for us. So uh, I just want to to thank everyone watching. Thank you guys for the invite too. Uh, it's it's a long time since I I had my last English interview. Uh, so sorry about my English and <laughs> it was great. all that. Uh, Thank you for everyone supporting Godsend too. Uh, I'm not talking in English a lot and posting in English a lot on social medias because pretty much uh, all I get uh, is hate when I post something in English, something that is not in Portuguese. So uh, I'm avoiding posting and reading and all this stuff on my social medias, but there's a reason behind it. I, I need my 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 mind and my brain and. Uh, yeah, I need my mind to be in a good place to to work and do my things. I I mean I don't I don't like hate and this stuff. So 
Uh, what else I have to, to tell you guys? Yeah, we are also we are super young team, like super young team. I know uh, people had zero expectations for us. Now they are becoming to have some expect expectation. Uh, but uh, we inside the team, we are just we're gonna just keep doing our our team. We're ju just gonna keep doing. Uh, we're just gonna keep practicing really hard and working really hard. Uh, we don't we don't care for expectations. We don't we don't mind if if we go to this major and we lose as soon as we just as soon as we come back home and uh, fix the problems and and be a better team. So that's that's the that's the way we work here. And I'm happy with that. I'm living a very different moment of my career. I think the most different, the uh, the most different taco you ever see, probably. Uh, but it's also part of uh, it's part of our job. You know, I'm I know I'm transitioning to a different role, a different player, a different part of my career. I know that. And uh, I just want to to keep playing and do my best and make my team uh, a great team. So thank you guys very much for watching and thank you for the for the podcast and you know for the talk and I mean it was great. I hope we can get more opportunities to talk to you guys in the future tournaments because I don't even remember the last time we saw each other in tournaments. <laughs> I'm missing land tournaments a long yeah. time ago. I'm old yeah. already. I'm getting old, guys. I was just a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just young guy. It's happened. He's mining at the lobby of the hotels in tournaments. <laughs> <It, laughs> you reference. You just talked about the IGN land. Like that's. I remember that land. I was playing at that land. I remember. Like I remember. Like you boys. Like when you popped off, it was on Dust Two or something. Like Henny had a massive clutch, and then yeah. the the other they all came running up, and the whole place is going up. like those things. They feel like yesterday, but yeah. it's so long ago now. It's fucked. Like. Wait, yeah so long ago yeah. it's crazy to think about it so crazy to think about it like really crazy at least in my mind but i'm really happy to to be here guys i think we we came a long 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 way and uh even though i'm starting a new chapter of my career uh we we cannot forget the the old memories right so sure. i had i had great memories in in cs i i'm hoping for more Awesome. Uh, in the future. Awesome. All right. This has been great. Thank you, Taka, for coming on. Enjoyed this one. Uh, we've had a lot of discussion here. We've done the classic where we're meant to go for two hours and we go for three. So sorry for holding you for an extra hour. But uh, yeah, had a lot of fun. So thank you to everybody tuning in. Thank you to Taka. Thank you for Godsent for having him come on. Uh, and yeah, shout out to everybody who tuned in. Again, Friday, 6.30, the Blast event that's going to be on. Tune in for that one if you want. The next podcast, uh, it'll probably be next week at some time. We'll be ramping up for stuff going into the major. Uh, so yeah, peace out. See you guys later. And thanks for watching. Good night.
Add some fun to your space with Extrify, designed in Sweden with focus on quality products built on experience. You're looking at Project 4. They're four generation of products with super cool colorways to stand out, with matching sets to satisfy with a solid B4 bungee, lightweight ergonomic M4 mouse, the K4 keyboard is fantastic, all of which are performance focused, and finish it off with colorful GP4 mouse mats that are bold in design and smooth on the surface. The retro theme in particular has got the feels. Complete your setup with Extrify. No regrets, guaranteed. I'm in the house. And sector clear. But there is the window. Hate this badge. I'll take the fire through the pillar. Whatever. Play with Parry Match. Parry Match. Your esports teammate. Stuck ranking up? Lost the motivation to grind? Bored of clicking heads on aim maps? Get some color into your game. Bitskins.com. Buying and selling skins made easy. Tons of payment methods and instant cash outs. Just choose your dream skins, select your preferred payment method, and start grinding again. If you want to play like the pros, you've got to look like the pros. 